It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling. It is week five. Week five already of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Coach Rick Marone, and... Joe Lindell back with us this week. Joe, good to have you back. It's good to be back. Yeah. You know, it's almost, you, you get out of kilter when you're not here a week, and it just, like your whole work, whole week is just almost lost. Well, we're sorry we ruined your week last week. <laughs> but I'm back. We're back. We're back on, on track. We're happy to have you here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as well. This is the first Friday of the new year. This Friday, January 5th, 2018, episode 5 of season 5. It's rolling right along, guys. Don't Big tempt me to roll in, roll in. <laughs> That's okay, Coach. <laughs> yeah, that, that happened a few years ago, and my singing career ended before it started. So, but but it rolls right along. And Ryan, last week was a uh, tournament central. I mean, we had tournaments all on the Eastern Seaboard. Had some great uh, uh, results for teams that traveled out of this area. And really tonight, a bit of a contracted schedule due to the weather, and uh, that's really been the story. Is our first real dose of weather causing problems with the schedule? But there, boy, there's some still some good matchups we'll get into in just a minute on the schedule but that's how the seasons go around here joe it can be a kind of a bounty of games one week and then the next week uh, it's, it's a little bit a uh, little bit slimmer yeah that's something i'd like to you know for us to discuss sometime tonight is these school policies you know some counties have a no school policy no game no practice and then there's some counties they leave it up to the individual schools and some just say you know uh you know let the ADs decide, you know, whether they want to play or not. So, you know, a lot to talk about in the next three hours tonight. And it is the fastest three hours in radio. We'll have scores from across the state. We'll get you that first score in just a moment. But I do want to talk about what we're going to have on the program tonight. Some of the storylines that we are following over the course of this, the fifth Friday for boys basketball, the sixth for the girls basketball season already. As uh, They'll be in the postseason before long, Coach. But, uh uh, we now have a top 100 ranked team, according to Max Preps, within West Virginia uh, in the nation in girls basketball after a very successful uh, week uh, weekend last week. Uh, we'll talk much more about that as the show goes along. Uh, we'll also talk with uh, Fred Persinger the second a little bit later on in the program as well. The Woodrow Wilson boys lost for the first time last week, but they lost to a uh, a prep program from out of state, so no shame in that. They did have a very good win over an excellent Bluefield basketball team uh, last week that we really didn't get to talk a whole lot about as well. So we'll talk with Fred Persinger in a second tonight about how Woodrow Wilson is doing. Uh, we'll also talk with our good buddy Dave Morrison, VSPN 102.3, The Ticket. We'll have him in as uh, on the air, I should say, as Oak Hill has been one of the quiet stories in boys' basketball let me tell you something. Oak Hill beat Cabell Midland earlier this week. And either one or two nights later, Cabell Midland goes and knocks off South Charleston. That's all you need to know about how good <laughs> those programs are. So we've got a whole lot to talk about. We know that you are here for scores, though. And let's get our first check of the Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. give you the honors of leading off with the boys scores. All right, a big game down in Logan tonight at the Willie Akers Arena. This score just in. The Chapmanville Tigers go 8-1 and on the season, defeating the 4-3 and Logan Wildcats by a score of 65-46. to 
It was the Miners of Mingo Central defeating Herbert Hoover tonight, 65-44, with five minutes to go in the ballgame. It is the Parkersburg South Patriots leading the Morgantown Mohegans by a score of 42-39 in a tight one. And another final, it was Notre Dame. The Fighting Irish beats Trinity Warriors tonight by a score of 77-65. And another final, just then, the Winfield Generals defeat the Polka Dots tonight by a score of 60-45 in a Cardinal Conference matchup. Coach Perone. I got the girls. All right. Uh, looking for scores? Look no more right here at your basketballnight.com. Marshall University Sports Journalism scoreboard update. On the girls' side tonight, we've got a final. The Buffalo Bison claim another victory over Calvary Baptist. They got her first win against Hannon this week. They knock off Calvary Baptist 34-30. The Bison with a nice win there. Sissonville struggled early. That game was really close going into the third quarter, but they take control down the stretch. They beat Nitro 54-37. That puts the Indians at 9-1. and one. They're in the top 10 in Class AA and having a fine season. Also in girls tonight, Jamie LeMaster, the GW Patriots, 72-48 winners over defending state champion Huntington High tonight. So that puts them at 7-3 and three on the season. And a huge matchup in single A, Ryan. It's the end of three. And Parkersburg Catholic, a 65 to 51 lead over Williamstown. Parkersburg Catholic, one of those teams, a great tradition there in girls basketball. The last few years, they've been a, a good team, not taking the next step. It's been the Williamstowns and the Ravenswood, but a lot of talk around the state about Parkersburg Catholic, and they are uh, kind of sending a message. They're undefeated tonight, and they're up 14 on the defending or the runner-up in Class A. Yeah, the Crusaderettes. Yes. <laughs> at, at 8-0 going into tonight, trying to go to 9-0 and on the season, so uh, definitely a, a, a big night for them, and um, as you noticed, a very condensed scoreboard, and uh, something that we do want to talk about as we get ready to, we'll, we'll have Gabby Lapartis of Wyoming East in just a moment uh, to talk about the successful start to their season, but uh, Coach Marone, so many schools, so many games canceled today, and there are a variety of reasons. Uh, the roads aren't so great in all parts of the state. The temperatures are in single digits in parts of the state, adding to that, making the road salt ineffective. You've also got a situation where, let's be honest, a lot of our facilities in this state are uh, aging. and uh, <laughs> Lack so, insulation. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, they can be cold. And sometimes, uh, I know Kanawha County, for instance, has just had an extremely difficult time just having a day of school this week because right. their heaters keep going out in various schools in that county, and they're not the only one. It's not unique to them, and there have been games canceled because of a lack of heat in, in gymnasiums. It's a difficult time to play, not just because of the weather outside, but what it affects inside. Yeah, and I think it's all those uh, ancillary things that you mentioned. Uh, and and you got to think about everyone, Ryan. you got to think about fans traveling to these games. Are you going to put them at risk? Are you going to put them in danger? Uh, obviously, the players and teams and the paramount concern is for safety for everyone. But uh, there's so many moving parts with this. I was talking with Joe before the broadcast tonight. Because the weather is a funny thing. You know that, the business you're in. You know, it's an educated guess. So sometimes, you know, things look uh, perilous. It doesn't pan out, and everybody's wringing their hands. Well, why didn't we play? Why didn't we? It's always better to be cautious on the front end and not have to be regretful on the back end. And, Joe, you brought it up before we got, got rolling here tonight. Uh, I really think it's a tough 
place to be to make those decisions, to be honest with you. But it varies from county to county. It does. I mean, like uh, some counties have a policy, no school, no games, no practice. Some counties leave it up to the coaches or the athletic directors. And, you know, what is the right way? Because you, as you and I were talking, you may get up and be a half inch of snow, the roads are bad, but by, you know, 10, 11 o'clock after they've canceled school, the roads are clear <laughs> and the weather changes and, and by game time it's wide open. It can, yeah, it's definitely something that, that is difficult to to gauge. Something that is not difficult to gauge is that the Wyoming East girls basketball <laughs> team is pretty good. Uh, they are 7-0. and They are now ranked number 93 in the nation. We previewed their game last week with Goose Creek, South Carolina. Goose Creek, the reigning 5A state champs, and Wyoming East took it to them. 67-42 was the final in the Carolina Invitational. Wyoming East wins that tournament. Gabby Lapartis has seemingly been on this show for almost the entirety <laughs> Since of Since the beginning it. of the show. Yes, she joins us now on the program. And Gabby, first <laughs> off, congratulations on the victory in the Carolina Invitational. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good to have you back on the program. I know you're coming off of a year where you had to go through some uh, adversity in terms of the injury situation uh, with your knee. First off, tell me about the rehabilitation of that and uh, just how close to you know, where you were before the knee injury are you physically? I feel like I'm 100% back now, uh, very confident in my knee and feel like it's almost stronger than it was before. Last week you beat Goose Creek, South Carolina by 25, and Goose Creek has a little bit of a reputation as being a, you know, a large school power in South Carolina. You also had a win over Westwood, South Carolina, who was a national top 100 mm-hmm. team. Your ball club's ranked 93 in the nation by Max Preps. What does that mean to you? That's wild. It's a huge accomplishment. Um, you know, it's a big deal, but you know we have to keep our heads on straight and take every game as it comes, but we were definitely celebrating that fact. Well, we talked last week with both Emily Saunders and, and your coach uh, about the ability to play or having being forced to play last year. You were injured. Kara Sandy was injured at times as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, in, in a way, it was a rough year last year, but it made girls like Jazz Blankenship and uh, you know Emily having to step up as well then now you're full strength, and it's almost like uh, they may have had a chance to get a little bit better because they had to be better last year. Do you, have you noticed that in their mm-hmm. games? Oh, yeah. I think that you know all the injuries help the other players feel more comfortable in the spot that they carry and develop more skills and leadership skills. I think it was, you know, obviously wasn't a super positive thing, but I think it had positive aspects of it. Hey, Gabby, Coach Marone here, and uh, again, congratulations on the start to the year. But uh, do you see any similarities? I know your freshman year, you all got to the state tournament, had a disappointing finish there, but you came back so hungry your sophomore year. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. we, we got to see that the first round when you all knocked us out, but you all were really focused on a mission. So do you kind of see that hunger uh, to finish your career off uh, on that floor in Charleston and everybody's kind of got a common goal and everybody's personal uh, kind of goals are secondary to the team. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. It, you know, sophomore year, we were all, everyone on the team was hungry, and that's how we are again. I feel, I'm confident that and hopeful that the results we got sophomore year are the results we'll get this year. 
Hey, Gabby, this is Joe Linville. You know, sitting on the sidelines, you know, and being frustrated, you know, like you said, you had a great year your freshman year and then uh, the adversities you guys were up against last year. How frustrating is that as a player? It's one of the most frustrating things I've ever had to do. You know, I was there through everything, and I could see not only my frustration, but, like, my coach's frustration and my team's frustration. We just kept, you know, we kept – it was a losing battle. We kept uh, getting hurt and whatnot. But now we're all super hopeful, and it made us better for this year, I honestly think. Hey, Gabby, what advice would you give someone? You've overcome uh, adversity, obviously, to get back to the level you're at, and then you've got your, your senior year as you come down the stretch and in your college career. But uh, if there's another uh, young lady or a, a player, a, a guy or girl, either one, that maybe has those dark moments, I mean, you went through what you went through, what advice would you give to them as they try and uh, keep their eye on the prize and to keep on uh, kind of grinding it out? What advice could you give to someone else going through what you did? Just to keep going, honestly, you know, it's, it's going to hurt. It's supposed to hurt, but you have to overcome that. And once you're done with the pain and the, men, the mental pain, you're going to come out ten times better person and player. Well, Gabby, your Wyoming East team was supposed to have played Bluefield yesterday, which was going to be a big uh, matchup there. That game uh, did oh, not yeah. happen. I also understand that uh, that game will be postponed for uh, a little ways down the road at least. So uh, mm-hmm. you're looking at basically two weeks between games. How do you How do you kind of – Deal with that because I know you play a lot of basketball the summer. You play a lot of basketball year round. Yeah. This is a pretty long stretch for you to go without a game. Yeah, but I mean, our practices are like a game. We go, we try to go game speed every time. You know, if we're not practicing, some of us hit the gym anyways. But definitely, whenever our first game back, we're all going to be super excited and anxious to play. Well, Gabby Lapartis of Wyoming East, a Youngstown State. Uh, commit as well you uh and tell me about what went into that decision to to go with the uh, you know to choose to uh, you know commit to Youngstown State well I had a lot of coaches you know that were after me before the injury but the college that was there for me and I relate to the most after my injury like immediately after my injury they were texting me and still told me that I was their number one recruit and I just really kind of like touched home with me and made me feel good just kind of showed how much they really were after me and how much they wanted me so I looked at that a lot when I was deciding on where to go busy week coming up for the Warriors they take on Shady Spring on Monday and then on Thursday the battle of Wyoming County is the West Side Renegades travel to New Richmond to take on Wyoming East. Gabby Lapartis of the Wyoming East Warriors. First, again, congratulations on uh, the success out of state, kind of taking, we talked about it last week, taking the show on the road a little bit. You also represented the Mountain State very well in that tournament, and, and getting that top 100 ranking uh, is, is definitely nothing to uh, kind of uh, understate. So we, uh, we definitely congratulate you on that. We wish you the best of luck to the remainder of your senior season. All right, thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right, that's Gabby Lapartis of Wyoming East. And as I mentioned before, guys, and we'll go to break here in just a second, but, I mean, we had her on the show as a freshman. You know, <laughs> back, mean, in means year, you're old. back in year two, right? <laughs> I mean, Coach, we won't mention how many, how many players you've seen uh, go through. Oh, yeah. But, no, no, I, I understand completely. But what's amazing, I noticed this last year because we talked to her before the injury, and it continues on. Just from talking on the, you know, through the phone on the show with her, you you can hear her maturation. Yeah, and you can tell that um, 
there's a point guard mentality in there. Yeah, too. yeah, she's she's amazing. I tell you what, uh, what people don't appreciate is the the total game that she plays, and she's continued trying to improve her game. I mean, one of the the knocks on her when she was younger was she could get to the rim at any time, but her perimeter shooting. Well, she took that challenge on. Well, then now she can knock down the outside shots, and then when you start to close out, she can still blow by you. She's got a complete game, but her defense is is amazing. I mean, when she gets into somebody, and normally it's one of the best players on the other team, right. uh, she can absolutely take somebody out of the game. So I just think there's a lot of her game that uh, maybe – not that they overlook, but uh, she has a complete game. And like you said, she's a mature a leader uh, and just a great kid and uh, wish her wish her the best. Yeah, a complete package. And you can just hear the excitement in yeah, her voice. She loves it. She wants to get on get on the floor and, you know, get into some competition. When your best player's got the best attitude, it's easy to coach. Team, good <laughs> team leader. And fun to coach, yeah. yeah. And, and, and you've mentioned it before. She clearly puts her teammates in positions to be successful as well. They had to do it without her life last year maybe that's a blessing in disguise for this year it certainly wasn't last year and certainly that's not the way you want to improve your team and it's not a revenge tour by no stretch but don't tell me that there's not some salty wounds still there because they were still expected to make state tournament when they got knocked off in the sectional by west side and had to go on the road to bluefield in the regional they were still expected to punch a ticket it didn't happen and they've been living with that all year and boy every time they hit the court they make it count that's an excellent ball club, though, and one that, as I mentioned, you don't have to be from Wyoming County to be proud of what they've done uh, out of state and the way they represented right. West Virginia in winning the Carolina Invitation. We'll step aside for our first break. When we come back, cold weather. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. We'll talk about that and much more. This is break one of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Does showing up for work at a ballpark or an arena sound good to you? A Marshall University sports journalism degree can get you there. Sports journalism at Marshall is important. It's serious and it's big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable worldwide in a multi-billion dollar industry. We'll prepare you to think critically, report accurately, and artfully tell the stories on and off the field or court. If this sounds like you, the Marshall School of Journalism is ready and eager to start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu slash S-O-J-M-C. Thanks for joining us tonight. Make sure you reach out to us by phone, 855-784-6677, 855-784-6677. You can tweet us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. If you want to text us scores, send them to this text number, 304-249-4924. Text scores to 304-249-4924, or you can email them to scores at basketballnight.com. Scores at basketballnight.com. Shout out to some of our newest followers, Kyle Powers, downstairs too, Ethan Byers, who's somewhere doing scores for us, Ian David Neal, Thomas Dillon, Stephanie Bailey, Tyler Jackson, Caden McClure, C.J. Rose, Kyle Wilhite, Chase, George Swates, Eric O'Rourke, 
Cole McCormick. They're all part of the basketball in Friday night West Virginia family. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, and Joe Linville with you. Fastest three hours in radio or television or however you are accessing this program. We certainly appreciate it. Of course, you can always find scores on our website, basketballnight.com. You can always find them also on our Twitter feed, at hoops underscore roundup. Um, basically, there's no excuse for you to not be able to find this show in some form or fashion on over 20 great radio stations throughout the state of West Virginia uh, covering um, – Oh, I forgot how many counties now. I know there a bunch. Are, it, we're not we're not at all fifty five. <laughs> even though I didn't want a golden horseshoe, I know there were fifty five <laughs> counties. Um, no, but um, still, we're, it, we're like Santa Claus. It, we're everywhere. We are we are sort of everywhere. Yes, and, and our radio listenership. I mean, we have one point three million potential listeners. So uh, we we certainly cannot thank our radio affiliates enough throughout the state of West Virginia who believed in us to uh, be able to. You know, put on a program that people would want to listen to. And uh, we certainly uh, don't take that for granted. Speaking of not taking anything for granted, one thing you can almost take for granted is that the Woodrow Wilson boys basketball team at Beckley is going to be good. Year in, year out. That is the premier boys basketball program over the stretch uh, of basically the entirety of West Virginia state tournament uh, era, so to speak. Uh, The Flying Eagles have been uh, a, a, a mainstay in the Charleston Civic Center Coliseum on Championship Saturday. And even when they're quote-unquote down, they're <laughs> tough out. Let's go to Fred Percy here the second, WJLS Radio FM 99.5. Oh, hold on. We need to get Fred back. Guys, that's my fault. You hit the wrong button. I hit the button. wrong button. I got excited. <laughs> we were going to have Fred, and I hit the wrong button. Now we've got Fred back. Fred Person or the second WJLS FM ninety nine point five. Hey, Fred. Uh, the tone. Nope, nope. We don't have Fred just yet. I got in a hurry there. Let me let me get this back to. The, you, you realize that in six years of doing this program, that's the first time I've done that. You know, I, I sometimes mean, it's easy to do. We've got phones. You know, there's a red button for hold, and there's a red button for release. And, and I don't know many, Yeah, I don't know how many times I've hit the release button. I went, whoops. All right, <laughs> let's try this. The third, the, the third. Thank you. I'm going to talk <laughs> this time, guys. The uh, <laughs> the the third time is the charm. As now we go to Fred Persinger the second WJLS FM. Fred, I'm sorry, I just dropped your call there a moment ago. That's, that's all right. I thought, I thought I did something wrong on this one, so it's all good. <laughs> okay, we'll let him think. Yeah, okay, yeah. If you think you did wrong, Fred, by all means, we'll let you take uh, the blame. No, I'm just all right, Okay, all right. I'll, I'll take the blame for it. <laughs> Flying Eagles are 6-1 and one this year, and um, much like everyone else, a, a little bit of a condensed schedule this week. Uh, last Saturday, uh, losing to, or last Friday, I should say, losing to Virginia Episcopal out of uh, Virginia, 77-60 in the championship of the little general tournament uh flying eagles bounced back with a 34 point win over riverside earlier this week 
still a, a, a situation where I don't think that team's necessarily got into the rhythm of playing you know, the, your typical Tuesday, Friday, or your two games a week type schedule at this point. But um, it's hard to really say much bad about the start for the Flying Eagles. Yeah, when you look at it for Beckley, I mean, it was, uh, I think when a lot of people looked at Beckley's schedule and saw how tough it was with four of the first six games played against out-of-state schools, and, okay, well, Beckley can get through that and stretch three and three, Beckley's in pretty good shape. For Beckley to come out of that stretch, you know, four and oh, and then uh, lose to the Virginia Episcopal School, uh, which is a very good school there. Point guard is going to Princeton, averaging 33 points per game. Uh, in the two-game tournament at the Raleigh County Convention Center, they hit 29 threes. In the two games, oh, one especially the teams I've seen. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and in that game too, Beckley was down by as many as 17 points in the first half. They were able to cut the lead down to four points, uh, but just could not hang with that uh, hot shooting from that team. So, uh, lose by 16 points and then come back and uh, defeat uh, you know Riverside by 34 points back on uh, Tuesday night uh, or whatever Wednesday nights when it was. Uh, but put five guys in double figures. I mean, you know, six and one right now where Beckley's sitting out right now. I think. Uh, is, is good for this ball club who lost a lot of players from last year's team. Hey, Fred, this is Joe Linville. You know, looking at the schedule, you know, uh, after the game, I mean, with the game tonight, you guys are in a pretty good little home stretch here to, to kind of get your, I guess, uh, sea legs stretched back out to get back into the regular schedule over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, when you look at the schedule, we first started off with, uh, you know, games up in Morgantown, and then uh, since we came back from Morgantown, we're at home again until – January the 24th, uh, when we travel to Huntington to take on the Highlanders. So, uh, you know, it's, it is a good stretch for home games. But, you know, the thing about Beckley is Beckley likes to – the kids like to play because practices are so hard. So, uh, when you look at Beckley only having one game this week and one game next week, uh, and then we'll get to a, a two- and three-game stretch. So, uh, getting a lot of practice in, and that's for sure. The uh, coaches love that, but the players are not too fond of that. You mentioned how well Virginia Episcopal shot in the Raleigh County Armory, and I want to just put this into perspective real quick. The setting there is one that is unique to high school basketball. On top of the fact that Woodrow Wilson plays excellent defense year in, year out, um, the fact they made that many threes in that setting, in that environment, is, is almost unbelievable in a way. Yeah, and when you looked at the tape of the game, really Beckley didn't play that bad defense. They just made some shots. I mean, they made shots with guys in their face. And they're a tall ball club as well. I mean, the kid that's going uh, to Princeton's about a 6'4 point guard. Uh, you know, he, he's averaging 33. Beckley held him to 25 uh, in the game. Uh, and that's, that's a pretty good feat for them. But, I mean, that guy's coming off the bench uh, for this school that was about 6'4. He hit five threes in a row. So, I mean, it was just one of those games. They shot the ball well. Beckley didn't play that bad. They didn't play great. Uh, leading scorer Eddie Christian was in foul trouble the entire night. Uh, so Beckley to hold them, uh, you know, to, to 77 points of them shooting. I think they made 14 threes against Beckley. So uh, they just shot the ball well, and, that, and sometimes that happens. You go against a team that just shoots the ball well, no matter what you do, and uh, that's the way it goes. But I thought that was a good learning experience from this team, as we had talked about on the air in the game against Riverside. I really doubt any team that Beckley sees the rest of the year will shoot that well. So I think Beckley has seen uh, the best team they will see with this Virginia Festival School. They're a very good ball club. Uh, the Flying Eagles with a big matchup with George Washington uh, this upcoming week. Uh, that's on Tuesday night in Beckley. And uh, George Washington just lost for the first time uh, this week to reigning AAA champion Huntington. 
and then GW has a big game tomorrow with South Charleston. So um, they might end up going to that game on a two-game losing streak, but nonetheless, that will be a big game in Beckley on Tuesday night. Fred Persinger, the second, WJLS Radio. Thanks so much, Fred. All right, All right buddy. Talk to you soon. All right. Now I will hit the correct button <laughs> this time, and uh, we, we certainly do think. Fred Persinger the second. We're right now going to step aside and take our second break. When we come back, we get another check of our basketballnight.com scoreboard, sponsored by the Marshall University Sports Journalism. And we will talk with Matt Miller, WRNR in Martinsburg. All of that and much more. This is break two of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Special thanks tonight to our many radio affiliates. We're going to mention them all, and these are places where you can hear Basketball Friday Night. We'll tell you about all the places you can watch later in the show. 103.7 Jack FM, WQWV and Fisher. The Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM, WKKX in Wheeling. We're also on 1370 AM, WVLY in Moundsville. And Jackson County's home for Southern Gospel, Singing News Radio, 92.5 FM, WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG, Middleburn, Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.5 FM. Classic Hits 106. WHFI Linside 106.7 FM, 95 The Sports Fox, WBES in Charleston 9:50 AM, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM. Our friends in Logan, WVOW Light Rock 93R, WRRR St. Mary's 93.9 FM. The Ticket 102.3 FM WMTD in Hinton, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP in Edmond and Beckley. 101.7 FM WYAPLP in Clay and of course in Huntington on Marshall University's flagship station 88.1 FM. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State. You're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It is 9.30 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, Joe Linville with you here from the cozy confines of the WMUL Studios. Actually, it's pretty warm in there tonight, <laughs> considering the temperature outside. Yes, yeah, so we're talking about wind chills near zero. So um, let me put it this way. Let me give you a quick example before we do a scoreboard, before we go to uh, Matt Miller, WRNR Radio in Martinsburg. Um, I work in television, uh, behind the scenes, um, do a lot of the writing for, for what goes on the newscast. And uh, this morning, uh, we had our morning reporter, who is from Canton, Ohio, uh, 
so she's used to cold weather. Um, she cracked an egg on the air at 6 o'clock and put it on uh, aluminum foil outside. And at 6.30, that egg was frozen to the aluminum foil. <laughs> it was actually frozen about 6.15 or so, but we didn't go back to her until 6.30. It was that fast. So that just gives you an idea of how cold it has been in our region. Man, it, <laughs> we've had it better than a lot of people have. So, uh, again, we'll talk with WRNR's Mark, uh, Matt Miller in just a moment in Martinsburg. But right now it's time for a check of the Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. You know what? Looking for scores? I got them. Got them. Looking for scores? Look no more. Go to basketballnight.com. I'll take care of the girls' scores tonight for you. First off, Buffalo defeats Calvary Baptist tonight. Final score of 34-30. to It was the Sissonville Indians beating the Nitro Wildcats 54-37. Sissonville now 8-1. George Washington improves to 6-3 with a 72-48 victory over Huntington tonight. That was on the hill in the south hills of Charleston. Battle of the two schools that both claim to be on a hill. They are actually on hills. Anyway, also tonight, final score, it was Parkersburg Catholic defeating Williamstown 83-66. to Olivia Allman leading all scorers with 26 points tonight for the Crusaderettes. On the boys' side of the scoreboard, it's Big Cat Week in Logan County as the Chapmanville Tigers defeated the Logan Wildcats 65 65- 46. Mingo Central, the Miners go to 5-1 on the season, defeating Herbert Hoover 65-44. Parkersburg South, the Patriots pull out a win tonight over the Morgantown Bohegans by a score of 57-52. It was the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame beating the Trinity Warriors 77-65. In that game, games uh, or Gabe Zumo had 31 points and Joel Muir had 20 for the Irish. And the uh, other score we have for tonight, uh, kind of a short scoreboard, the Winfield Generals defeat uh, Cardinal Conference for the Polka Dots by a score of 65, or 60 to 45. That's your look at the Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. There were like 80 scores last week. Everybody's froze out tonight. <laughs> right? That, that seems to be the case uh, at least for tonight. But again, uh, we will continue to search far and wide for all the scores across West Virginia tonight. Uh, a score that we didn't have to search for uh, too hard tonight because they didn't play tonight. Martinsburg Bulldogs. Um, they have been uh, kind of faced with the weather conditions as well. 5-1 and one, though on the season are the Bulldogs as we have Matt Miller, WR&R in Martinsburg joining us now on the program and Matt, a quiet week for Martinsburg in terms of actually being able to get on the court and play. Yeah, last week the Bulldogs hosted the Coach Skip Fowler Memorial Tournament, played Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then took the week to prepare for a big matchup against Hedgesville. The Eagles, very similar, although their tournament was in Bradenton, Florida, so they had some travel to work around. But they had the week off as well as the two teams were kind of gearing up for the matchup. That won't take place tonight, but will now take place tomorrow night. So, again, tomorrow you've got 8-1 and one Hedgesville, 5-1 and one Martinsburg doing battle in Martinsburg. And, uh, again, that game was originally scheduled for tonight. And what are, you, what are you guys experiencing in the Martinsburg area weather-wise? 
Well, we've been uh, single digits in the overnights. Um, in fact, uh, this morning we were about 10 degrees with a wind chill of minus 10. Um, uh, game time tonight at 7 o'clock, we were at 13 degrees with about uh, 18 to 20 mile an hour winds. Going to be very similar tomorrow evening. It's kind of ironic to me uh, because the school system canceled classes for today. I'm assuming the only reason why they went ahead and canceled extra extracurricular activities as well because the weather conditions are going to be very similar tomorrow night as to what they are tonight, and yet the two teams will meet tomorrow. Hey, Matt, this is Joe Linville. Uh, I've got a non-related basketball question for you. Are you any kin to, to cause? You guys sound a little bit alike, or is it just that uh, uh, eastern panhandle dialect you have going on there? Must be uh, the, the dialect, and uh, we have hung around each other at games and things a lot, so maybe we've rubbed off on each other. I told Cos one night, you guys, uh, I asked him just jokingly the same question, if you guys were any relation, because you guys kind of sound a little bit alike. Um, no, no relation that I know of other than uh, just the sports relation. You wouldn't claim it if you were, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> You know, after the Hedgesville game, though, tomorrow, then you look ahead to Tuesday and Martinsburg plays Jefferson. And uh, in many ways, it's, you know, perhaps not intentionally set up as such, but Martinsburg taking on, uh, you know, had played Washington earlier this year, but beyond that, uh, a lot of out of state schools and and tournament type play now getting into playing those uh, Eastern Panhandle teams. And, I know that Martinsburg and Hedgesville are considered the two best teams in the in the Panhandle this year. Um, this is though where they display that because they're finally getting to play each other, and you finally get those rivalry matchups uh, that that answer any questions. Yeah, definitely looking forward to this one. Uh, a lot of key players back for Hedgesville from last year. Martinsburg has ten returning players from their team a season ago. Uh, yet they're not extremely old as far as, you know, a limited number of seniors even on this year's team, but a lot of young players played last year. And so, you know, it's going to be good to see both teams, Hedgesville, Martinsburg, have gotten off to the good start. Jefferson, as you mentioned, next Tuesday, uh, they're right now a 500 team, four wins and four losses. And next Friday, Martinsburg will get Spring Mills as well. And they're playing right around 500 ball right now in the early part of the season. So there will be some nice tests to kind of see how this Eastern panhandle may begin to settle. Matt Miller, WRNR in Martinsburg. Always a pleasure, Matt. Thank you. All right. And let's move right back to the phones. And I want to set this one up for just a moment as uh, last week uh, the the Trinity Christian Warriors were in the Undos uh, tournament, and uh, at that point were undefeated. They've lost a pair of games now, including tonight, but they've lost to Wheeling Central, who we all know is really good. They've lost to Clarksburg, Notre Dame, Notre Dame, the reigning Class A state champions. And while they did lose Jared West, they still have a lot of talent exactly. on that ball club. Uh, Trinity is also a very talented ball club. John Folks is the head coach of the Warriors. He joins us now. And, uh, Coach, I guess one thing that you can say about the, the schedule that you have played to this point, you're not going to see anything in the postseason that you haven't already seen. No, we uh, built the schedule uh, to make a run at the state tournament this year. Uh, we have uh, five seniors 
um, that are really bought into the off season. We have a we have, we're, we're loaded with juniors and seniors. And last year we had a bunch of sophomores that got a bunch of playing time for us. So uh, you know we didn't take it easy on ourselves with building the schedule uh, of our first. We're six and two right now. Of our first eight games, seven of them have, have been on the road. So right now we've been road warriors. Our first, we don't get another home game till uh, the 20th of January, and then after that we pick up a little, you know, some more home games. But we build it to make a run. Well, you lose tonight to Notre Dame, 77-65. Notre Dame, the reigning state champs, off to a five and one start of their own. Um, obviously, that, that's a tough challenge to go on the road uh, and play them. Uh, Gabe Zumo with 31 points. While that team, and I always like to get the perspective of other coaches or, or, or broadcasters or whomever we talk to about the teams that they see, um, that Irish team is still really good. As I told my kids uh, as we were preparing for them this week, they're still, the, they're still the state champs, and they're going to be the state champs until someone else or they, they cut down the nets again. You know, Jared has those kids playing really hard at a high level, and, you know, they bought into everything he does. I mean, the Zumo kids, I mean, you give them an inch, he's, he's, going, to, he's going to put it in your face. And, you know, that happened to us tonight. We held him, we held him in check in the first half to seven points, and then in the second half he just erupted for 24. Uh, you know, uh, credit to the kid, man. He doesn't stop shooting. And sometimes it feels like, yeah, in a situation like that, you mentioned holding to seven points in the first half. That can also be tricky because as a coach, you think, well, you don't want to change what you're doing on him right then because it's worked so well. At the same time, he starts to catch uh, fire there in the second half. And that can be really difficult to coach against. Absolutely, man. We uh, we made a run in the second half. We went with our press and uh, – we cut it down to two, and then all of a sudden, I don't know if we just kind of lost our brains there for a minute, got a little too happy or what, but, you know, they're playing in their gym, and we lost Zumo in transition. We had guys backpedaling away from him, which I quite didn't understand, and he just started draining threes right in our face in transition, and it made me have to get out of the press. And, you know, they <clears throat> they went on a pretty solid run to finish the game. As you can tell, I kind of lost my voice in the game tonight. <laughs> so, Bear with me on that. <laughs> I totally understand. And your ball club still at six and two is sitting in a in a good position at this point in the season. And a game next Friday night at Clay Battelle and uh, the Trinity Christian Warriors, uh, someone who I think will be a factor come late February, early March. Uh, Coach John, folks, we greatly appreciate you taking time out to talk with us. Relax the vocal cords a little bit. You've got a week here before your next game, and uh, you know, don't don't take. Don't take it out on too hard in practice. Uh, I won't. Uh, the kids uh, requested to be in the gym tomorrow at 7 in the morning. That's the kind of kids I have after the uh, Wheeling Central game. You know, typically the next day was New Year's Eve, and typical high school kids, you know, they want to be out hanging out with their friends till midnight, you know, 3 in the morning or so. My, my kids, uh, they wanted to be in the gym at 8 in the morning on New Year's Day, so credit to those boys. They didn't go out and uh, – you know, screw around on New Year's Eve. They were uh, pretty good boys we have uh, at Trinity Christian, man. That's some dedication, I tell you, for sure, uh, for uh, high school kids. Absolutely. Hey, Coach, folks, we again, we appreciate it, and we uh, look forward to talking to you again later on this season. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. All right, it's John Folks, head coach of the Trinity Christian Warriors. And, uh, I mean, again, guys, you play Willing Central one <laughs> week, and the next week you play Notre Dame. Uh, that's a team that – 
scheduled to where it thinks it can be this year, and that is a team that can make a run not only to Charleston, but once it gets there. Yeah, and a veteran team. You heard him talk about being loaded with juniors and had five seniors. So this kind of rejuvenates the discussion we had uh, last week when we were talking about scheduling to where you think you're going to be or scheduling where you're at and how's the best way to do that. Coach Folks obviously uh, stepped up, knows he has a team, wants to play at the hot top level, and, boy, he's taking on all comers. And I think it will pay off for him down the stretch in the end of February. His team leadership – you know those you know young men wanting to be on in the basketball court on a Saturday morning when it's you know zero degrees outside <laughs> or even on on New Year's Day that that says a lot for your program right there just you know his leadership and and those young men wanting to be on the court practicing and a culture within the program and that's something that will rub off on the younger kids in that program as well and that's how you continue to build a program uh, is with uh, leadership with that type. Uh, of attitude. We're going to step aside, take a break. Much more to talk about here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as we are rolling right along. This is break three of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. This is high school basketball's voice in the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Jaden Lindsey, East Fairmont Beans, Jacob Clark, Riverside Warriors, Cole Honaker, Shady Springs Tigers. And tonight, you'll meet someone from the Tucker County Mountain Lions. What they have all in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. If you have someone remarkable on your team or an athlete that made an outstanding play, you can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a Standout Athlete of the Week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, and click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab. Fill out the nomination form. We'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at basketballnight.com. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia, the Mountain State's voice for all things high school basketball. Don't forget to join us online. Vote in this week's poll. You've got till 1145 tonight, and then we'll share the voting results with you. Last week's question, if you were a coach, how would you set up your team's schedule? 82% of you said it would be the most challenging schedule feasible. 18% said to match your team's ability level. This week's question, the National Federation of High Schools, NFHS, expanded the coach's box from 14 feet to 28 feet. Do you think this is a good move? Yes or no? Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. 
Now, back to basketball Friday night in West Virginia with Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It is 946 on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, Joe Linville, happy to have you along. Hope you're staying warm wherever you may be tonight across the great state of West Virginia. We are nice and warm where we are here in the, again, the studios of WMUL, the student radio station of Marshall University in Huntington, West Virginia. Uh, So glad that they um, give us this uh, platform to be able to share with all of you. And, of course, we talk statewide basketball with you until midnight. Shady Springs boys right now are 5-2 and two on the season. And uh, the Tigers, uh, like so many others, have had to fight the elements a little bit over the past week, but uh, did get a win on Wednesday over Polka. 63-34, the Tigers beat the Dots. And joining us on the program now is Mike Loving. He is from Summersville. He is a Shady Spring fan. And let me see here. There we go. And Mike, uh, Shady Spring, that was a very nice win over Polka earlier this week. Yes, sir. And thank you all for letting me join the show. Um, good evening to you all. Um, also, very excited for their upcoming schedule. They got James Monroe and uh, a remake game of the Oak Hill game coming up uh i guess it got snowed out this evening so they're gonna have to remake it up so um but just very excited they went in beat beat polka in a new gym i mean we're very excited for um for coach ronnie olson and the boys and i and cole honaker he's a really good standout man cole honaker our standout athlete of the week from a week ago and uh the tigers as i mentioned getting that 29 point victory over the dots and uh, for Shady Spring coming up, James Monroe, uh, that game is on Tuesday in Linside. And then one week from tonight, the uh, Tigers will head to New Richmond to take on Wyoming East. So uh, this next week is really going to kind of give us a better idea of where Shady Spring is in relation to the rest of Region 3. Yes, sir. Uh, I just was going to get y'all's take on see how with the rest of the schedule they got. We're going to see what y'all think of them making to, making it to the state tournament this year. What, what, what do y'all think of their run? And, uh, um, guys, you do a wonderful job with this show, and thank y'all for letting me join the show. Hey, absolutely. We appreciate it, Mike. We appreciate you calling in. Uh, in terms of the chances of making it to the state tournament, I think their chances are very, you know, right there. I think they're right there with a lot of teams. I think Region 3 is so balanced that it's very difficult to just go and pick uh, immediately out who's going to make it to Charleston out of that region. I do believe that Bluefield, as of right now, would be believed to be the best team. Well, they have a three-point win over Shady Spring. Um, they also had a very close loss to uh, Woodrow Wilson. So it's not, you know, Bluefield is really, really good. The Wyoming County schools are always tough outs in the postseason, and especially with the way the sectional lines up, one of them almost always gets a home game in the regional round. you got to go into uh, Clear Fork or New Richmond for a state tournament bid. That's no walk in the park for anyone. Oak Hill is really good and has been uh, a team that has, has taken a lot of people perhaps by surprise this year. What I'm getting at here is that I have no idea who's coming out of Region <laughs> you got 3 a quarter. this year. <laughs> you know, you look at their schedule. they got a very, very tough schedule coming up. I mean, you know, they only lost to Bluefield by three points, and that was on the road at Bluefield. So, you know, 
and it's kind of hard to gauge a team this early in the season with the teams they've played. But, you know, Shady, Shady's looking good so far this season. And Cole Honaker had been injured. I mean, we talked about that. He had to miss a couple of games uh, due to an ankle injury as well. So, you know, get, get them back full strength. Uh, right in time for uh, you know playing a lot of these games against uh, regional basketball folks. And really, uh, Ryan, I tell you what, uh, the thing about Shady uh, is they're trying to get themselves ready. I mean, look, they got a game with Fairmont that they played earlier. They came up short in that game, but that's your defending champion who, by all stretches, is is the favorite going into this year. Uh, they do an awesome job there, and uh, you know, uh, Coach Retton up there has them playing at a high level. So they're playing the competition between them and Bluefield and all the regional opponents, and they're competing hard, and I think, uh, Joe, that time tournament time rolls around, if this shady team can progress and be peaking at the right time, uh, they could be one of those sleepers maybe that could get hot at the right time. Yeah, I'm like Ryan. This is going to be one of those uh, pretty tough uh, sectionals and regionals. So you you're know. doing the politician exactly. like he did. You have no well, idea. I mean, you, you really don't. I mean, you look at the schedule and where they're at at this point, you know, it's it's they've got a, as good a shot as anybody at this point. If you ask me today who I think will represent Region 3 in Charleston boys basketball, my completely <laughs> personal opinion, <laughs> completely opinionated here, would be Bluefield and Oak Hill would be considered the two favorites, and Shady Spring is right there. But they could be so, the sleeper. So are West Side and Wyoming right. East. I mean, West Side has an impressive win over Mingo Central uh, this year, and so again, it's going to be wild. And I mean, just look at Section One, Region Three. You've got Oak Hill, West Side, Wyoming East. Not to mention Independence and Liberty Raleigh in that one. And in Section 2, you've got Bluefield and Shady Spring are both in there along with James Monroe, Pikeview, and Riverview. So um, it will be interesting to see how that plays out. It will be important to win your sectional and get a regional home game in that region. Oh, no doubt about it. That's huge. I mean, if you can win that section and get to play at home in the regional, I think you've got a leg up. And especially when it's as close as it is there in Region 3, uh, that can end up being an exciting factor. And what back ends on that, Joe, is your regular season and then that seeding process. That's what I was going to mention. So every game does matter, and particularly right. these sectional matchups, even though it's December, January. A lot of people are going to be looking at those matchups when they seed you, and you may get a home game in the sectional. Some of them play neutral site tournaments, but a lot of those sectionals are at the higher seeds court as well. Yeah, I was talking to Logan coach uh, Zach Green last night, and he said that's why this Chamville game tonight was so important. He's already looking at seedings, you know, toward sectional play. And that will be definitely important. Mike, thank you so much for calling, and we uh, greatly appreciate you being uh, a listener, viewer. However you uh, access the program, a part of the show now. Now you're part of the Basketball Night, uh, Basketball Friday Night um, in West Virginia family. You know who else is part of the family? Dave Morrison. Dave joins us on the program, and Dave has his finger on Region 3, probably has a finger on the pulse of Region 3 as well as anyone uh, within this fantastic state in which we live. Dave, first off, it's great to have you back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Hey guys, I'm I'm glad to be back. I've got a very frozen finger recently <laughs> basketball at the moment. Well, if you, there was any basketball being played in Region Three, which for a couple of days there hasn't been. Now I'm going to go ahead and we've we've still got about three minutes here in this segment, Dave. Uh, I'll ask you in advance if we can bring you back after the top of the hour, also because I, I want to extend yeah, yeah, this. No, we, we've got a lot to talk about. Yeah. 
<laughs> we got a lot of catching That's up right. to do. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, you so, know, anything for you guys, man. I'd like to be able to walk into that studio at some point. Hey, we we enjoyed your visit here last year. And I'll tell you what, right now, we certainly look forward to the next time you walk into the studio and sit here and talk with us um, in person as well. But uh, for now, we'll, we'll, the, the phone will suffice. And uh, we're right. talking about Region 3. I said if you had to, you know, if you put me <laughs> on the spot, I would think that Bluefield and Oak Hill were currently the two favorites to come out of there. But it wouldn't surprise me if neither came out of there. Well, yeah, it, and, and that very well could happen. I mean, Westside is a very good team. Their one loss was at Logan. I got to watch them. I wasn't actually watching the Chapman Logan game on Facebook, the miracle of social media, such that it is. And, uh, you know, I think Westside is a very, very good team. Senior starters across the board. They have the top duo in the area in Shane Jenkins, 19.5 points. Corey Hatfield, 19 points. Very good team. Of course, Oak Hill, very, uh, Oak Hill was a good team last year. A lot of people forget you lose your best player in Andrew Work, and uh, that's going to hurt you. They lost nine of those ten games. They've been helped by the fact that Derek McGalvin Fayetteville came over. He's just doing a marvelous job. <laughs> Here's a kid who was 28 of 31 over a three-game stretch. I don't think I've heard anything like that. 28 of 31. And a lot of those were putbacks, but it, that, that's doing work, right? Because it's not, <laughs> if, if it was so easy, everybody would be doing it. A 28 of 31 from the field over a three-game stretch. They won a couple games here late, Andrew Work, but again, probably the best player on the team, averaging 18 points a game. Had two clutch shots to help them stay undefeated. So you're right. And then you look on the other side, Bluefield, very good team. They beat Shady Spring, but it was a three-point game. Shady Spring opened a new gym this week. Uh, they're obviously looking forward to to playing in that gym. I got to go over there and see that, the opening of that. They beat Hoga in uh, in that game uh, rather decidedly. I think they held them to 14 points in the second half. So there's a team with a very good defense that could do it. And then there's Wyoming East back over in Section 1, which is always a very good team. The West Side Wyoming East supposed to play tomorrow. We'll see if the weather allows that. They're still not 100% sure on it, but hopefully they can get that rivalry game in. So, yeah, uh, you make a valid point. Oak Hill and uh, Bluefield, two very good teams, could make it in there. Could be Westside uh, with something to say about that. Shady Spring could be two. Could be uh, Westside and Oak Hill, which is uh, at the beginning of the season, kind of what I was thinking. It might be those two. But you can't count anybody out here in AA Region 3. Absolutely. Dave, we're going to put you on hold. We'll bring you back for our next segment. We'll also have our basketballnight.com scoreboard for the Marshall University Sports Journalism. And we'll have Danny Birch, head coach of the Calhoun County Red Devils. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit us at basketballnight.com. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including 103.7 Jack FM, WQWV, and Fisher. The Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM, WKKX, in Wheeling. 1370 AM, WVLY, Moundsville, Jackson County's home for Southern Gospel. Singing News Radio, 92.5 FM, WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley. Knights Radio 91.5 FM WRSG in Middleburn. Talk Radio WRNR Martinsburg. 
7.40 a.m., 106.5 FM. Classic Hits 106. WHFI Linside 106.7 FM. Knights Radio 91.5 FM. WRSG in Middleburn. 95 The Sports Fox. WVES in Charleston 9.50 a.m. 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WVOW in Logan. Light Rock, 93R, WRRR, St. Mary's, 93.9 FM. The Ticket, 102.3 FM, WMTD in Hinton, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZLP, Edmond, Beckley, 101.7 FM, WYAPLP in Clay, and Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington. You can watch Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia throughout West Virginia on Sudden Links, Network West Virginia, and Huntington area. We're on Comcast Channel 25. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. Welcome to Hour 2 of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling alongside Rick Marone and Joe Limble. Happy to have you with us on this January 5th, 2018. First edition of the show of the new year. You know what? We've got a lot to talk about. Let's jump right back into things with another check of your Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Looking for scores, look no more. We'll take a look at the boys' scoreboard tonight. On your Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard update. In the Battle of Logan County, it was Big Cat Week this week, and the Big Cat tonight was the Chapmanville Tigers, 65 46, winners over the Logan Wildcats. Mingo Central, 65, Herbert Hoover, 44. Parkersburg South actually had a bus issue, got there a little late, but took care of business when they got to Morgantown, 57 52. A big win for the Patriots on the road there. Fighting Irish of Notre Dame, 77-65, winners over Trinity. And Winfield got a 60-45 win over the Polka Dots. And that's a look at your boys' side of the scoreboard. Over on the girls' side, it was the Buffalo Bisons picking up a win tonight over Calvary Baptist in a 30-34 final score. It was the Sissonville Indians picking up a win over the Nitro Wildcats by a score of 54-37. Clay County dropped one tonight to Roan County. The Raiders pick up the win, 59-53. George Washington, it's the Patriots over the Huntington Highlanders, 72-48. The St. Albans Red Dragons pick up a win tonight over the Hurricane Redskins by a score of 59-35. And it was the 
Parkersburg Catholic Crusaders picking up a win tonight over the Williamstown Yellow Jackets by a score of 83-66. to Olivia Ullman led all scoring with 25. Alive Bruni and Madeline Huffman had 20 points each in that ballgame. And that's a look at your Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. We will talk with Danny Bunch, head coach of the Calhoun County Boys in just a moment. We'll also talk with Chris Kidd, WVOW Radio, Chapmanville, Logan Boys game, Big Cat Week. That's a new saying. It's a, it's a thing. It's not a thing. Let's go right back, though, to Dave Morrison, who was so kind to hang in there with us during the break. And, Dave, uh, as we were talking about before the break, about Region 3 and the quality of teams within it, let's jump now to what has become the storyline of the past week or so. Uh, it's too cold to play inside? Yeah, too cold to play inside. That's kind of amazing, isn't it? I, I don't remember ever getting out of school. It's, it's going to be one of those, you know, walking to school up here in the snow both ways. Well, like my parents did that. We did stand out in the cold and wait for the bus. I guess you can't do that in uh, in 2000, what is it, 18 now? Yeah. Wow. But um, I, I, too cold. I, it, it has been pretty brutally cold, and I can understand that, uh, you know, you really don't want little kids standing out on a, on a road when it's like two degrees. But, uh, you know, a little older. High school guys are pretty resilient, I think, aren't they? Uh, I know when I was in high school, I was certainly resilient. <laughs> <laughs> I can remember I wore long sleeve shirts and a, one of those sleeveless downfield, uh, downfield vests. That's all I ever ever did wearing back in the day. Yeah. So well, we we, did, we just wore tank tops, you know. <laughs> You're really tough, then. So how hard? Well, is, you know, <laughs> how difficult is it, Dave? Really now and I hate to call, but it is. It, it's it's kind of, it's kind of crazy, you know. The, the schools called off that they they have their policies now and. And again, certainly, I'm going to preface this by saying you don't want to see anybody get hurt. But I, I mean, calling all—it's cold, yes, in the morning, but in the evening, it it does warm up, tends to warm up, and then it'll be cold again. Obviously, when you guys get out of there tonight later on, it'll be really cold. <laughs> but usually, generally, you're out of the game by nine, you back home by nine thirty, depending on where you live. You you make a trip, might be a little further, but I I just uh, you know without with the lack of snow, I just really can't understand. Where the policy comes from, where you can't play a little later on. Certainly sets a precedent for when we do get a little bit of snow, because with the uh, topography exactly. of West Virginia, <laughs> um, we, we, yeah, there can you know any, any snow becomes a factor for a lot of people who um, well, and, and, and have to deal with hills. A lot of people forget too. A good way to get a, a player hurt is to play three or four games over uh, four or five nights without any practice before because in some of these counties you can't practice if you don't have school these these days where it's too cold they can't practice either you want to throw a kid into a game after being down some of these schools haven't played they will have gone 19 days without playing by the time they play again Mm. that's almost like starting over guys there there are three or four schools Valley an undefeated team being one of those hasn't played in 19 days that's almost unbelievable at this point uh, in the season to go almost three full weeks without playing. Dave, so glad to hear from you tonight, Absolutely. and uh, let's make this a regular occurrence. Okay, I tell you, I, I enjoy the guys, and again, you know, Westside Miami's tomorrow, hopefully. Oak Hill, you mentioned that very good team. I do want to mention, too, they've got Mike Beasley that came over from Woodrow, a very good player. Dante Billiter, a very good player from them, too. Apero, another starter there, 5-0. and Valley's 4-0, the only two teams in Region 3 that are still undefeated. 
There you go. Guys, I appreciate it. Hey, thanks so much. That's Dave Morrison, uh, longtime friend of the program. Let's go right back to the phones to Danny Bunch. He is the head coach of the Calhoun County Red Devils boys basketball team. And uh, Coach Bunch, we were talking with uh, Dave Morrison about the, the trick there of just being able to play games right now with the the cold temperatures and also being able to practice how have things been for your guys through this very cold week and very cold start to the new year well it's uh well first off good evening guys after all i really enjoy you guys the show and i appreciate you guys asking me to be here uh we i'm we've been pretty lucky I, i'm it's been cold that's for sure but we don't have technically that no school no practice play policy so you know we still got to use our brains and be smart about it this cold weather we've still been able to practice now we have had a game canceled this week earlier in the week against webster due to snow but so far you know compared to some people we've been pretty lucky and have been able to get in the gym so that's been nice coach, coach you guys you know are more rural in a lot of these you know city schools or whatever how much tougher does it make it on a school uh you know because of your location because you do have to travel Rome, braxton work you know some of these other counties right and it, it, it is a little tougher you know you know like like some, some guys were talking earlier i heard you know it's cold roads are covered eight nine o'clock in the morning the guy can't school you know by noon they're clear and they may be clear for, you know, seven, eight of my guys, but then I have seven or eight other guys that live back up other secondary highways that they're not clear yet. So I got to really pay attention to a lot of different places. You know, it takes 30 minutes for one kid to come from one direction and get to school, 45 for another. So it's definitely a lot tougher because roads vary depending on what side of the county you're on, if that makes any sense. Um, believe me, we, we, we fully understand that. Um, <laughs> I was fortunate enough that I live five minutes from the school where I went, but a lot of my friends, I mean, I feel like I'm driving 45 minutes away and I'm still in the school district, so I understand that completely. Um, right. And, and, Coach, I do want to say this, too. Um, we've, we've talked with some of the coaches of smaller schools around the state over the past couple of weeks, and you face challenges that I don't think a lot of other schools face, and, and that being – you have kids that have to travel 45 minutes one way on not straight roads to get to right. the gym, just to, to hold an open gym even would be a challenge. Definitely. And uh, I think that, you know, you face uphill battles in that regard. And uh, the fact that you continue to, to do it and to take that challenge head on really says a lot about your character as well as uh, what you're able to teach the kids. Well, I appreciate that, but you know it's it is tough, it, and there is a lot of uphill challenges. But you don't like to use anything as excuse, and that's sort of like what we like to teach these kids. And if I didn't have such good support, you know, through through the kids to play for me, you know, and then the parents and the administration, you know, that, that helps you know all the way around. So it's 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 a good situation for me. I got support, so I couldn't ask for anything more. Well, let's talk about the season. You opened with a win at home over Clay County. Uh, followed that up with the, in the Doddridge County tournament, uh, a pair of close losses. You lost by ten to the host Bulldogs, and then a seven-point loss to Wood County Christian in the consolation. And uh, then it's been a little bit tougher since then with Work County and with uh, Braxton County. But uh, from a standpoint of, I know that you haven't really been able to get into much of a flow. You've only played two games since December twenty-first. Uh, it's been a little bit of a challenge in that in that regard too. But uh, can this time 
I won't say off, but this time between games be an opportunity for your team to improve? That's that's what we're taking it as. Um, you know, we did. We opened that first game of the year. You know, I told these guys before we started, we had to we have to play defense, and we weren't going to outscore anybody. And we opened that first game up at home against Clay. And what did we do? We ended up hitting a shot at the buzzer and outscoring Clay County, 63-61. So they're like, oh, coach, yeah, we can. <laughs> so we went to Donkers County, and, and, and to be honest with you, you know, we, we opened that game up hot, 23-9 in the first. And Dodgers County is a good athletic team, always a tough matchup for us. And, you know, we, we were at, we, we believe, you know, we, we let two games slip away in that Dodgers County tournament, not taking anything away from either one of those teams. But we had our chances to win, and we just couldn't finish. And the fourth quarter, we had one quarter, both games, and that really did us in. And then, of course, the work County game, you know, we still, I know we lost the fourth game, but we still had a chance to win that game. And they made their free throws at the end. And then, of course, we ran into the Buzzball Braxton. That's, that's, that's a good team and all that. But we really believe we've let two or, you know, have those four losses. We really believe two or three of them, we had a very good chance of winning. So, from that standpoint, that's good to know. So, Coach Danny Bunch. Got to figure out how to finish. Yes, Coach Danny Bunch of the Calhoun County Red Devils. We thank you so much for joining us, and we wish you guys nothing but the best as uh, we get going here in the new year. Oh, I appreciate it. You All guys right. have a good new year. Uh, th- oh, I cut him off. Oh, shoot. <laughs> good Sorry. new year. Th- th- we do appreciate it, though. We-, we certainly appreciate that. Let's go right back to the phone lines. We're going to have to kind of jam this one in here. Uh, Chris Kidd, WVOW Radio. Wow. Yeah, Big Cat Weekend, <laughs> Logan County. Big game at Willie Acres Arena tonight. Chapmanville comes out with a big victory over the host Wildcats of Logan. Yeah, it's a very disjointed game, to be honest with you. Uh, David Early and Terrence Chapman, they didn't start for Logan. They were serving a one-game suspension for violating team rules. Then you had, on the other side, Drew Williamson was uh, suffering with strep throat and didn't play very much in the ball game. Uh, so it, it was kind of hard to really get into any type of a rhythm in the ball game. Plus, in the first half, there was a mountain of foul calls, so you had everyone and their family members were in foul trouble by halftime. <laughs> so it was, hard to, it, was, it, was, it was hard to get into any type of a rhythm, but Logan did a good job of really kind of keeping Chapmanville at bay. Their defense has been strong this year, and they've been holding teams – to blow 60 points, but the problem for Logan is right now they just, they're just they really having trouble finding offense. This was the fifth time or the fourth time in the last five games where they've scored 50 points or fewer, and Chapmanville was able to extend that lead in the fourth quarter, and uh, Obina Anichile killing, he was really the X factor tonight. He had 20 points. He had 18 of them in the first half and really did a great job down low just showing off his spin moves, getting to the free throw line, hitting some outside jumpers. And, you know, Chapmanville got it out a tough win tonight. Again, that's a Logan team that I think has got a lot of room to improve still this year and have already shown that they can beat some really quality teams. So I think when they meet the second time around, hopefully everyone will be healthy and it'll be, you know, a lot a lot more of a, uh, a cohesive game than what it was tonight. Hey, Chris, this is Joe Linville. Did, uh, how was the crowd tonight, The all the hype leading up to the game uh, being played at Willie Acres Arena? Uh, of course, uh, formerly known as the Logan Memorial Fieldhouse. Uh, was it a packed crowd as they expect, expected? There were like 30 or 40 people there. That was it, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> no, nobody knew the game was happening tonight. Uh, <laughs> it, was, yeah, it, it, was, it was what you expected. It was jam-packed in, in the fieldhouse. Uh, people were sitting on the stage. 
they didn't have seats. There were people sit, standing behind uh, underneath the basket supports where the seats were there. Uh, it's just a wonderful atmosphere, and everyone around the state knows how much basketball means in the southern coal fields. And uh, tonight it was on full display again, and it was, it was a very – uh, very nice game overall. Everyone was uh, was on their best behavior. And, you know, you hate to say that when it comes to adults. But sometimes <laughs> you have to, but uh, you know, everyone was. There, it was a very friendly, very uh, very well fought game overall. And I was I was very proud of our community tonight. And how they supported both these teams, and how much they they still care about both these teams. It, it was really great to see. Chapmanville Regional gets the win over Logan, sixty five forty six at the Willie Acres Arena at the Logan Fieldhouse. And tomorrow, Chapmanville will travel to Wayne. So uh, right back at it for the Tigers tomorrow night. Yeah, you're going to have to. I'm not making the trip, Ron, but you, your job for me, you have to get some DP dough for me. Give it to one of the players so they can bring it back for me. That, that's your goal for tomorrow. I, I don't care about your PA duty, whatever you've got going on. That is your job tomorrow. Are we clear? <laughs> That's a direct order, Chris. I, I, you know I would do that for you, but there's one small problem. I'm going What's to the that? Marshall Western Kentucky game tomorrow night. So, is that at Western Kentucky? No, it's in Huntington. That's at Marshall. He goes right down the road. You can still mail it. <laughs> it might be cold by the time we got there. Hey, hey, Chris, always a pleasure, buddy. We look forward to it every week. We look forward to talking to you again next week. All right, you guys take care. And All we'll right. work on that. We'll work on that order for you as well. That's Chris Kidd, WVOW, uh, longtime friend, yeah. and uh, friends like that. Who needs anyone? Anyway, <laughs> who let, needs animates? We're gonna step aside and take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Eric Little, WVVV in Parkersburg. Big win tonight for the Patriots of Parkersburg South, as uh, they had a little bit of trouble getting there. But they got there and got out of Morgantown with a web. We'll also talk with Dr. David Hall, WDMX Radio, Mix 100 in Parkersburg, at the Parkersburg Catholic Williamstown Girls game. Lots more to talk about on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Every Friday night from 9 to midnight, we're the home for high school basketball in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The Marshall University Sports Journalism degree is designed for you to find a job to put your knowledge and training to work after graduation. The program allows for students to concentrate in one of three exciting areas, print, public relations, or broadcasting. Our curriculum features skill-based courses and prioritizes hands-on, real-life experiences that not only expose the students' work to the public, but also to sports journalism professionals who are often willing to provide crucial feedback and career-launching advice. Marshall has 15 varsity teams that afford sports journalism majors the opportunities to cover them in any media format, including text, online, photo, radio, or video. Hands-on experiences come through Marshall's student-powered media, The Parthenon, WMUL Radio, and Heard TV, as well as communications campaigns, off-campus internships, and an expansive alumni network in all areas of expertise. The Marshall University School of Journalism is ready and eager to help you start your sports media career. Learn more about the exciting possibilities by visiting marshall.edu. 
Thanks for joining us tonight. Call us toll-free, 855-784-6677, 855-784-6677. And we're streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. You can visit basketballnight.com for video, audio, and the basketball Friday night scoreboard. Thanks for joining us. Join us on Twitter at Hoops Roundup. High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 10-19 on Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Joe Linville with you. Rick Marone is in studio. Joining us now, though, is our special correspondent, Luke Creasy. And Luke... Time to introduce us to this week's Standout Athlete of the Week. In their four-year varsity started this one, Sidney Nestor from Tucker County High School, one of the most prolific scorers in that school's history, and a, a good you know, student athlete by the true form of the word. It seems like every time we get you know, a student athlete on here, it's above a 4.0. I, I can't count above four sometimes when I was in high school, so uh, it, it's good to see student athletes like the, this excel on, on and off the court. She is someone who, and let's be honest, many times when you hear the word leader, you think of a vocal leader. She's more of a lead-by-example type person. Yeah, and last week we heard from, from Cole Hahn and he you know, was put in a situation where he had to lead more by what he said with the injury he was facing. But uh, Sidney Nestor, uh, a completely different story. She, uh, she knows what it means to be a leader on that team, what it means, uh, that, what basketball in the community means there uh, for her. And she uh, r- really you know, uses you know, how she plays and how she carries herself to, to lead that team. If you have ever been to Tucker County, West Virginia, and know the challenges of – just the way everything is there from the mountains and the, the snow and the cold and the elevation, you realize that getting to Tucker County High School is a challenge. It's up on top of a hill outside of Parsons. Not a hill. It's a mountain. And she is still able to get there early before school and able to get into the gym before school starts. Yeah, I was talking to one of the assistant coaches, Coach Eckel, and he said, you know, sometimes she's here when the teachers report. And to me, that's, I mean, that's remarkable because, you know, high school students don't like to get up. And, you know, in the, in the morning, school starts too early. But, but here's sitting in the gym, uh, getting up some extra shots. And, and anybody who knows basketball knows how valuable those extra shots can be at times. Yeah, going up uh, off Seneca Trail there, that's a – that's a haul, it but um, nonetheless, she's also someone who's grown up in a culture of basketball. Coach Marone can also uh, vouch for this. Tucker County has a long, strong tradition of girls' basketball, and uh, this is someone who is, uh, has really kind of uh, embraced that. Hey, Coach Echol, uh, and you'll hear from him more uh, in just a few minutes, but he, he really talked about you know what the the program at Tucker County High School means to to those feeder schools, the middle schools that they get to see uh, these high school girls play, and maybe they don't get to see basketball at a higher level than that. And uh, Sydney really embraces that. Takes time to you know get to know some of these younger girls in the feeder schools and really you know pour into them in that way. Luke now has more with our standout athlete of the week, Sydney Nestor of Tucker County High School. It's good to have an ego, but not be an ego. But when one can set aside one's ego for the betterment of the community and the people around them, it stands out. Sydney Nestor is on her way to athletic immortality at Tucker County High School, but she doesn't let that get in the way of her giving back to those in her home county. 
Her altruism makes Sydney this week's basketball Friday night in West Virginia's standout athlete of the week. As a junior, Nestor eclipsed 1,000 points in her career at Tucker County High School this past year. She has the chance to become the all-time leading scorer in the school's history this year. Assistant girls basketball coach Shane Eckel says that Nestor has done much more than be prolific on the court during her time at Tucker County High School. Does those kind of things in the basketball realm, but she's also very active in the community as one of our FCA advisors as a senior. She's been a member for four years. Coach Eckel is a sponsor for Fellowship of Christian Athletes at the high school and has witnessed Nestor put aside her ego and dedicate her time and energy towards helping younger generations in community outreach events. One of my personal favorites is called Dress an Angel. We sponsor different kids throughout our middle school programs, and we make lists of things they would need, like clothes and toys, and then we have the student body sign up and bring in things, and we wrap them, and then they send them off so they can open them up for Christmas. It's a small role, but Coach Eckel says Nestor's involvement with FCA builds character that translates to the basketball court. It's what allows her to put aside personal gain for the team to be at its strongest. It's very powerful for her to come in and look at some of our freshmen and go, listen, you need to be in the weight room. Here's how we act and here's how we do things at Tucker County High School. And, you know, those girls see her doing that, so they fall in line. And As she's watched her time with the Lady Mountain Lions pass, Sydney's role on the team has evolved dramatically. She was once in the same shoes as the underclassmen on the team with her now. It's her job to develop the next edition of Sydney Nestor. My role has changed over the years, but as a senior, I know where those freshmen have, have what they feel, how they've been, and I'm just trying to personally help them not do little things that I had mistakes on and help them so they can bypass those. As stated earlier, it's good to have an ego, but not be an ego. Nestor entered her senior year with a team-first mentality. Though she realizes what personal milestones sit at the end of the regular season, there's a greater destination, and Coach Eccles says Nestor can't make it happen on her own. You know, they want to go down there and we want to compete in Charleston, and I think, you know, that's kind of helped driven, and she's kind of gotten a couple of her other senior friends to really work hard and kind of help get a nucleus together for us to be a better squad top to bottom. And, you know, that's one of the things that stands out for her. She would be just as happy giving somebody else an assist to get the points as long as the team does well. Through eight games, the Tucker County Mountain Lions are one of only three unbeaten squads in girls' Class 1A. Though it may not be the only reason her team has been perfect going into the month of January, no doubt Sydney Nestor's selfless leadership has been a major asset. For Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, I'm Special Correspondent Luke Creasy. Thank you so much, Luke. And we'll go right back to the phone lines to Eric Little in just a second. But I wanted to bring Coach Marone in on this because I know that there were, there were years where Tucker County was a uh, just a powerhouse in, in Class AA at the time in girls' basketball. And that's a program that I don't think it's necessarily fallen off. It's still got a very good girls' basketball tradition, though. Yeah, they're in uh, Charleston uh, almost yearly, and uh, Sydney Nestor's uh, one of kind of the ones that have taken the torch and run with it. Uh, David Kyle was uh, the coach there for several years and won uh, several championships, won three in a row. Uh, we tangled with them a few times, and uh, they've got a great program, but the community support there, as I mentioned, is great, and it's kids like Sydney Nestor that really keep things going. And I love the way that she talked about helping the younger kids to, to step into her shoes so when she moves on, Lady Mountain Line basketball continues on. That's how you keep the program going. That's right. And let's go right back to the phones to Eric Little, WVVV. 
in Parkersburg. Big win tonight for Parkersburg South over Morgantown. And Eric, it took a little while for the Patriots to get there, but once they did, picked up a victory. Yeah, I was running a little late myself this evening, and I was surprised to get I got there thinking I would be at halftime of the JV game, and I run into Coach Fallon in the hallway, and, you know, there's no one on the court. And he said, yeah, we just got here. Uh, turns out they had an issue with the, um, I think it's the fuel gel on the bus. Uh, they, it was fortunate to have happened near the Ellenboro McDonald's on Route 50, so they have a place to stop that was a little closer to Parkersburg and, you know, closer to things like, you know, uh, uh, somewhere they could have gone uh, in case, you know, the, the bus needed to be shut down and they could be warm, you know, rather than have gone on, you know, further on 50 and risk breaking down a little later on. So it's fortunate in some ways, but yeah, a little late start. The JV game was over a half hour late in starting. We were close to a half hour late starting the varsity game after the shortened quarters and shortened halftime. But a uh, really grinded out win for the Patriots tonight. 57-52 was the final. Uh, the Patriots were in probably one of the more physical games they've been in all season. Uh, they didn't have cold plans for a lot of this game. He was in foul trouble with two quick ones and then a third one early in the second half. But Shane Snyder stepped up to fill the void. 32 points. He's the second Patriot this year to top 30 points in a game. 22 of those 32 points came in the second half, and he was 13 of 14 from the line in the contest and converted five and one, the old-school three-point play for Shane Snyder, you know, to get those, or, to, or as part of that 13 to 14 night from the free-throw line. It doesn't get much more clutch than that. When you're driving to the basket, you're getting fouled, and you're converting on the free-throw there. 13 to 14, that single-handedly helps South get the lead in the second half and close the game. Parkersburg South gets the victory tonight at Morgantown, 57-52. The final, the Patriots now 6-1. and one. And Eric, uh, we'll look back one game. Cabell Midland, 18-point win for the Patriots at Parkersburg South. Well, Cabell Midland, we know now, went on and you know, beat South Charleston this week. And uh, coming up, though, is that big uh, in-city in showdown, so to speak, mm-hmm. Uh, on Tuesday night with Parkersburg at the Fieldhouse. Yeah, South has a huge week because they go on, well, they go across town to play PHS, uh, second of those two meetings. And uh, Mike Fallon says, you know, for me, it's not the rivalry as much as it is uh, getting sectional seating and sectional positioning. South looking to sweep the Big Reds in the regular season. Then on Thursday, they host Brook as they go back to OVAC play. And then on Saturday, Another OVAC game, but it's not just a game Saturday. It's Wheeling Park, and it's the annual Anna's Army game. I know you guys are familiar with Anna's Army. I believe you guys have the Anna's Army shirt on the set still. And um, you're familiar with that story. Of course, Anna Gordon, uh, now uh, two years graduated from Parkersburg South, diagnosed with Friedrich's ataxia. It's a rare nerve disease. He got that uh, diagnosis the first day of her sophomore year. Went to Mike Fallon and said, you know, I'd like to do a benefit game to raise awareness for it. And uh, Coach Fallon ran with it, and now in uh, five-plus years, uh, Anna's Army has raised more than $200,000 to to help cure Friedrich's ataxia, for Friedrich's ataxia research. Uh, there's currently no cure. And uh, yeah, i got to give a shout-out to Mike Jebby's program at Wheeling Park because they do a great job to buy into this every year. The opponent for this is always Wheeling Park. You know, when Coach Fallon approached Coach Jebby about putting it on the schedule on his game, Coach Jebby was all about it. He's even taught his kids about the disease. And you see them taking pictures with her after the game. And uh, they, they, they get to hear so much about Anna and, and the courage that she shows as she battles Friedrich's ataxia. 
Uh, she does an address before the game, and then the opposing players come and meet her and take pictures of her. It's just a really cool night. And uh, that's Saturday at uh, the Rod Oldham Athletic Center at South. And, uh, you're in the mood for coming to some basketball, uh, and you don't have anywhere particular to go next Saturday. That's the place to be. There you go, Eric Little, WVVV in Parkersburg. And um, you talk about getting it. Those are people who get it. And, uh, Eric, thanks yep. so much for taking time out to talk with us tonight. And hopefully your trip back is a little bit easier than your trip there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I was fortunate that I drove. My brother lives in Fairmont, and I, you know, the, 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 the basketball bus didn't stop at his house so I could huggle over my four-month-old niece. There, my vehicle did. There, so, there you go. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> that sounds like a good plan right there. Thanks so much. That's Eric Will, WVVV in Parkersburg as the Patriots get the win tonight over Morgantown. We're going to step aside, take a break, come back with a scoreboard update from the Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Let's talk with Ed May, head coach of the Tug Valley Panthers. We'll talk with Dr. David Hall, WDMX Mix 100. And we'll talk with Richard in Wheeling. We'll talk with Craig Dutton, WRRR. It's Wide open. Here we go. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. There's no better place to be than right here. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Many places to listen and watch Basketball Friday Night. Of course, we're on great radio stations we mentioned throughout the Mountain State. And you can click on our affiliates page for the station nearest you. You can also watch our high-definition video on YouTube. Go to BasketballNight.com and click to watch. On Facebook Live, go to the RSN Sports Facebook page to watch us on Facebook Live. On Periscope, we're on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. And on cable, statewide, we're on Suddenlinks Network West Virginia. And the Huntington area, we're on Comcast Channel 25. We want you to do some things, too. We want you to send in your game pictures so we can feature them in our video stream. If you're watching right now, those are pictures you sent in to us. You can send your pictures to us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. You can uh, send them to us through Facebook and Instagram. Send them to the RSN Sports Network. You can send them to the RSN Sports Network through Facebook and Instagram. You can also email them to us at scores at basketballnight.com. Scores at basketballnight.com. Give us your best picks of your team and their fans. We want you to become part of the show, part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. One other thing you can do, go answer the poll question tonight. This week's question, if you were a coach, how would you set up your team schedule? Well, that was actually last week's question. And we want you to go and check out our poll question. You've got the 11.45 tonight. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 10.34 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, Joe Linville with you. We've got 
a lot of callers to get to. We'll do that in just a moment. Let's jump right back in to a Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. I got him again, guys. <laughs> got you twice. And that's my fault. I actually spring it on in there in the back sometimes. But nonetheless, uh, looking for scores, looking at more. BasketballNight.com. Again, brought to you by Marshall University Sports Journalism. Boys basketball scores tonight. Final score from the Willie Acres Arena at the Logan Fieldhouse. The Chapmanville Regional Tigers go to 8-1 with a 65-46 victory over Logan. Mingo Central defeats Herbert Hoover tonight on the road. 65-44 the final in Elkview. Also tonight, Parkersburg South behind 32 points from Shane Snyder defeats Morgantown 57-52. Patriots go to 6-1 with the road win. Notre Dame beats Trinity tonight, 77-65 the final. Also tonight, Ravenswood goes to 8-0 with an 84-59 victory at Tyler Consolidated. Huntington St. Joe is 6-5. As for the second straight night, they beat a Wayne County opponent. Last night it was Wayne, tonight it was Tulsa. St. Joe gets to win over the Rebels, 83-68. And also a final tonight, Winfield defeats Polka, 60-45. On the girls' side of the scoreboard, Olivia Almonds dropped in 25 points to lead Parkersburg Catholic over Williamstown by a score of 83-66. St. Albans picked up a win over the Hurricane Redskins, 59-35. It was the George Washington Patriots over the Huntington Highlanders, 72-48. Roan County in a tight one over Clay County, 59-53. Sissonville knocked off the Nitro Wildcats 54-37. And the Buffalo Bisons picked up a win tonight over Calvary Baptist 34-30. And that's a look at your Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Thank you very much, Joe. I dare anyone to find a better team that is 500 in Class A than the Tug Valley Panthers. I think that's a ball club that is going to be um, – it's going to make its mark come February or March. Right now, though, kind of going through a little bit of the doldrums that everyone else is with the weather and just trying to get games in, Ed May is the head coach of the Panthers. He joins us now on the program. And, Coach, I know 3-3 three and three is not where you would want to be, but when you look at your schedule, it's certainly understandable how a very good team can be in that position at this point in the season. Yeah, I told our guys at the beginning of the season if we come out of these five, first six games at four and two, that's kind of what I thought because Westside's a tough place to win. You know, I thought that playing North Marion and Chapmanville over at Chapmanville, that, you know, that's tough to come out of there. So I figured if we get one out of two over there, <clears throat> if we could have came out four and two, I would have been pleased. We let one get away at Belfry. Should have won that game, but, you know, that's just part of it when you play such a tough schedule. Coach, just Joe Linville. I was just uh, looking over your schedule, and like you said, being at 500 at this point, but, you know, you've had some really tight, tight games with some really tough opponent, uh, opponents uh, in Chapmanville and Westside and even uh, Belfry, Kentucky. Yeah, I mean, we've played three of the – I think uh, North Marion's a top ten team in that way. So out of our first six games, we've played three of the top ten teams in, in AA and then plus Belfry. You know, you go over to Shelby Valley, that used to be Virgie. That's a tough place to play. So we've played some tough games so far. Certainly have. And, you know, it gets nothing like uh, talking about a tough schedule and saying, oh, you know what, tomorrow you go to Clarksburg to take on the reigning state champions in Notre Dame. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. 
Uh, now, is that correct still, or, or or am I off a game here? No, yeah, we're going to Notre Dame yeah. in the morning. <clears throat> we were supposed to play Van last night, and that got canceled because of the weather, and they didn't have any water at their school, so that got canceled. So, yeah, we're going to Notre Dame tomorrow. It don't get any easier. No, well, and then Tuesday you you host Mingo Central. I mean, <laughs> it's just it's just like you're 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 just right out of one fire and into another. I can certainly appreciate that because I know that with the caliber of team that you have, you want to challenge them, and certainly you're challenging them, and you're playing in state tournament caliber games almost on a night in night out basis once you get into the postseason there is nothing that your team will see that it has not already seen no and our kids like it i mean it's fun to play in games like that i mean it's tough it takes its toll on you over the season but our kids love to play in games like that and it's fun to play in games like that i would rather lose four five six games over the year seven whatever it is and playing games like that than the playing games that you know you can win all the time. And, Coach, I know you greatly, obviously, as a coach, you just want to go out and win every game, but I also know that you appreciate the sport as well and just getting to see good games night in, night out with your team involved, being involved in them. It might feel like it's shortening your life a little bit, but it's still a, a, a fun and fascinating uh, venture to follow. Hey, Coach. Uh, coach Marone here. Uh, I was wanting to touch base with you about, uh, I tell you what, the Region 4 uh, with the realignment that they come through in single A, when you look at the other half of that region with Ravenswood and Park Catholic and all the teams that are in there, uh, not to mention your sectional opponents, I tell you what, if you can survive Region 4 and get to Charleston, you're going to be battle-tested regardless. Oh, definitely. I mean, Ravenswood, you know, they're, what are they, 8-0 or 7 Yeah, undefeated, or yeah. 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 And we've played them the last couple of years. We've not got to play Parkersburg Catholic. Um, and Williamstown, those guys are always good. But, yeah, I mean, you come out of that section, that region, if you can get to Charleston, you're definitely going to be tested. Well, Coach Ed May of the Tug Valley Panthers, we greatly appreciate your time tonight. Certainly wish you safe travels and best wishes tomorrow as you take the show on the road up to Clarksburg to take on reigning state single-A champion Notre Dame. Appreciate it. All right, once again, Ed May, head coach of Tug Valley. Like I said, it can shorten a life being in those types of games night in, night out, but um, certainly makes for fun season, even if it can be a little frustrating. Yeah, I'll tell you what, uh, but uh, his schedule, and you're talking about a Class A team. I mean, he's playing double A's. Some of those Kentucky teams are triple A. And Coach May does a tremendous job there. I hope uh, all the fans and the people in that area really appreciate what they've got there because he's been a great coach. He's coached at all levels, uh, uh, but he wants to play at the highest level. They've been to the state tournaments, and they've, you know, Tug Valley's got a proud tradition. And I'm like you. I mean, how exciting is it? And uh, the folks in the community that really rally behind the Panthers. And uh, I tell you what, packing the bags in the morning, heading to, to Clarksburg, uh, Joe, they don't dodge anybody. No, it, it's, that's for sure. And, you know, like you said, a lot of tradition out of Tug Valley. Uh, I think they've got an excellent program. Uh, I got to watch them play the Chapmanville game. I watched it on the Internet. And uh, I tell you what, uh, they've got a lot of good things to look forward to before the season's out. You know who else has a lot of tradition is the Crusaderettes of Parkersburg Catholic. It's been a little bit since we've heard from them, but they're undefeated right now. Picked up a nice victory tonight over Williamstown. And Dr. David Hall, WDMX Mix 100 in Parkersburg, joins us now. And first off, we appreciate you hanging in there with us tonight. And second, 
Petersburg Catholic we know is good, and tonight an opportunity to prove it against a team with some recent pedigree, a team that was in the single-A state title game a year ago, and the Crusaderettes took care of business. Yeah, Coach Powell and I, we were going to do the St. Mary's Williamstown boys, but that game got canceled. So we found a pretty good game to do. Uh, rivalry with Parkville Catholic and Williamstown. Final score 83 66. But guys, I got to tell you, a tale of two halves in the first half. Coach Beerheller's team just got after him quickly. They're very fast. They got a good little point guard in Madeline Huffman. This girl can really get it up and down the court. Olivia Ullman, as you said earlier, she had 25 points. And a girl named Aaliyah Brunny, remember that name. That little girl can play. They had 20 turnovers against Williamstown in the first half. They jump out 43-26 the first half. Jack has come back. You know, Coach Fred Sorrow, guys, one note to make, he has 497 total wins. That's pretty awesome. 466 is girls basketball, 33 and boys. He brought him out. Only four turnovers the second half. It was a tale of two halves, but the girls came out 40-83-66. A full house tonight for single-A basketball. And uh, the Jackets basically out-rebounded 54-38. Free throw percentage, though, the Catholic, when they came to the stripe, they were 83%. They were almost perfection. Now, the Williamstown, they were 19 for 37, shot 51%. Leading scores for the Yellow Jackets, Keely Austin for 14 is your 10, Bethany Wegger 14. But i got to tell you guys, a really good basketball game. Both coaches are doing really well with their teams. They're young. The Beerhellers team, it's uh, it's an impressive. they got little uh, Huffman girl. She, like I said, is a point guard. She can really do the job for them. And how fortunate for just if you're not affiliated with a program, to just but you're a basketball fan in the Parkersburg area, you can get in your car and drive about 15 minutes to about four or five different gyms on a, any given night and see an excellent caliber basketball game. Oh, absolutely. Tuesday night, how about this? The Williamstown boys are going to be hosting Ravenswood Red Devils. You know, Coach Price and uh, Coach Starr together, you know, that's going to be an old-fashioned shootout. Then right across the river, you got uh, right across uh, maybe 10 miles away, you have PHS and South game going on at uh, Parksburg High School. So, yeah, it's, it's an area that love their sports and basketball, football. But when Catholic and Williamstown, whether they play, I don't care, guys, if it's tiddly wins, checkers, <laughs> whatever, it's going to get intense. You know what I mean? If anybody, and I've told people, you want to come out and watch basketball, come watch. I know we talk about triple A, but come watch a single A, Williamstown Catholic. Next Friday night, the boys will play at Williamstown, Williamstown and Catholic. So, what a week of basketball next week in this area. You're right. i got to tell you guys, Tuesday night, Ravenswood, Nick Price comes into Williamstown. Tuesday night, PHS South. Friday night, Catholic and Williamstown. Save your money. Get a paper route, whatever it takes, <laughs> and catch those games. Am I right? Hey, I'm right there with you. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of fun. And uh, Dr. Uh, David Hall, Mix 100 in Parkersburg. Again, we thank you so much for hanging in there with us tonight. I would have caught you last week, but I got that flu, guys, and I got to say that stuff was nasty and feeling better this week. Well, so, we're, we're certainly great show and great job what you guys do. Oh, we we greatly appreciate that. We're certainly glad you're feeling better as well. We know that the flu has been something that a lot of people have been fighting throughout the state. Um, hopefully, winning your battles out there wherever you may be. We're going to step aside, take a break. When we come back. We will meet our standout athlete of the week, Sydney Nestor of Tucker County High School. We'll also talk with Craig Dutton, WRRR in St. Mary's, and why they might want to change their call letters right now.
<laughs> basketball Friday night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. High School Basketball's Voice in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. About that poll question, I've got the right one now. This week's question, the National Federation of High Schools, NFHS has expanded the coach's box from 14 feet to 28 feet. Do you think this is a good move? you got till 11.45 tonight. Join us online. Vote in this week's poll. Go to basketballnight.com. And you'll see the poll question on the right-hand side of the page. Again, you've got till 11.45 tonight, and we'll share the results at the end of the show this evening. Jaden Lindsay, East Fairmont Bees, Jacob Clark, Riverside Warriors, Cole Honecker, Shady Springs Tigers, and Sydney Nestor, Tucker County Mountain Lions. What they all have in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. If you have someone remarkable on your team or an athlete that made an outstanding play, you can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night standout athlete of the week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a standout athlete of the week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, and click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab. Fill out the nomination form. We'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at basketballnight.com. And tonight, we'll meet our newest Standout Athlete of the Week, Sydney Nestor. Shout out to some of our newest followers on Twitter, Ethan Byers and Ian. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now back to basketball Friday night in West Virginia with Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 1048 on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, and Joe Linville. Happy to have you along with us as we wind our way through hour number two, almost through the second hour of the fastest three hours in radio, television, internet streaming, however you access this program. We certainly appreciate all of our viewers, all of our listeners across the great state of West Virginia, or wherever you may be. Again, we're available all across the world. Quite frankly, if you have internet access, if it's not blocked by your state government, and by state government I mean such as North Korea, blah, 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 but, um, <laughs> you know, then, then, then you're good to go. But I um, want to go back to the phone lines right now. To We will go to Craig Dutton in just a moment. A little bit later on we'll talk with Richard in Wheeling about the Cancer Research Classic. Uh, he went to that tournament, but right now it's time to meet our standout athlete of the week. She is a senior at Tucker County High School, one of the more prolific scorers in Tucker County High School history. Carries a 4.0, uh, well, better than a 4.0 because she's in advanced placement courses and a four-year starter has led the Lady Mountain Lions to what is currently an undefeated start to the season. She is Sydney Nestor. She joins us now on the program. And 
right, Sydney, first off, congratulations on being this week's basketball night, uh, basketball Friday night in West Virginia standout athlete of the week. Thank you very much. All right, we talked, um, we've been talking here about the tradition that goes through Tucker County High School and um, what, a, what a tradition-rich program that is in girls' basketball. That's one you grew up around. Tell me about um, when you grow up in that program, in that community, one that has so much support for its athletic teams. Um, what's that like to know that you know, when you were a little girl, you go, one day I'm going to be in that jersey, I'm going to be on that floor, and I'm going to be the one playing these big games? Well, it's a really great feeling. Our community is such so supportive, and just seeing the athletes grow as they continue to go through high school, it's just an amazing feeling to know that I'm one that's getting to go through this um, athletics program and get to influence younger basketball players. Your team is 8-0 and on the season, and uh, just tell me a little bit about how, how it has gone compared to what Perhaps you thought it would from an expectation standpoint. Uh, real quick, you have a win over a AAA opponent in Martinsburg. You went on the road and beat them earlier this season. Um, you know, just tell me about some of these uh, you know, games that you've been able to win to this point and your outlook for the remainder of the season with a very tough game coming up with Frankfurt this week. Yes, um, all of my teammates have been working extremely hard in that big victory against Martinsburg really boosted our confidence. Everybody has been working hard and shooting better. Our percentage is way better than it's been in probably four years. And all the girls have just been really motivated and working on our team goal and just striving. I don't know that a lot of people around West Virginia who haven't been through Tucker County can really appreciate just the mountainous terrain they are the mountain lions for a reason. Um, but, you know, we understand that you get in the gym before school starts even to get some extra shots up. And quite frankly, I've been through Tucker County. I've been through Parsons and through Hamilton and then up 219 right by uh, Tucker County High School. Um, it can be a trick to get up there in the winter. Oh, it's always a trip. Um, <laughs> but I have a little bit of an advantage over a lot of um, players because both my parents work at the high school so I just ride up with them every morning and anytime you can get up shots I want to I just want to keep working hard and work on the goal well, Sydney, this is Coach Marone, and uh, like I said, you all are off to a great start. I know your goals uh, involve, uh, you know, challenging for a state title there in Charleston, and your all schedule really picks up. We mentioned the Frankfurt game. You've got some other games coming up, particularly uh, Wheeling Central, which I know a lot of people uh, have kind of got penciled in as one of the uh, the the contenders. Uh, how important is it for you all throughout the season to kind of test yourself against the top teams? Then, when you get in the tournament, you'd be more prepared. Well, you always got to test yourself anytime you beat a, a great opponent it's just a confidence booster and just when you can get that under your belt then you just feel the energy if you have to play them again you know I can beat this team and it just it's so much easier for you when it comes down to when you're in Charleston Sydney, this is Jill Emblem. I'm just I'm looking at your schedule, and you've, you've gone, you know, by the time you play Frankfurt, you've gone almost two weeks without a game. How does that affect your mind, just, you know, practicing day in and day out with, without getting on the court against an opponent? Well, it's a little frustrating because I love to play basketball, and it's just it's a great feeling. 
but our practices are we're making them competitive like it's it's a game and so i feel like the more competitive our um, practices are it just it's going to make the games easier and when it comes to the next game everybody's going to be excited and ready to go well sydney is someone who went through this as uh you know when i was in school you don't want to look too far ahead because you want to you want to go day by day and, and kind of enjoy it, all this as as you go. But at the same time, um, you know, graduations three, four, about four to five months away now already. You're getting close to that. What are your plans after high school? Um, I haven't really made plans for sure. I mean, I've thought about maybe playing college basketball and going for a career in maybe physical therapy. That's definitely something that, uh, that that a lot of folks need, and it, it is something that a lot of folks use. There's always a, a market for that. Sydney Nestor, our standout athlete of the week from Tucker County. Once again, congratulations, and thanks so much for joining us here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right, and guys, we're a little bit too close to the break to take another phone call right now. We'll talk with Craig Dutton and then Richard from Wheeling after the break, but um, Let's kind of decompress what we just heard here a little bit more. Tucker County at 8-0. Coach Barone with a game eventually, a home game with Summers County. The Bobcats are going to make the trip um, up 219 and up the mountain to take on Tucker County. And uh, those are two of the the long-term better girls basketball programs in West Virginia. Yeah, and I I think even short-term, Summers is off to a really good start as well. So in Class A, even though they're pretty much on opposite sides of the state, it's great to see during the season because, you know, some of those teams do have some conference affiliation, but a lot of times single A doesn't have that. So they have to travel, and really sometimes single A schools, for the most part, are more rural. And I tell you, I can tell you firsthand, scheduling and travel is definitely an issue, and and that's a long haul from Summers to Tucker. But to play the best, sometimes you got to have that inconvenience. So and it can snow. In Tucker County, when it doesn't snow where you are, I mean that's just that's just how that is in the Potomac Highlands area. And uh, there's a little bit of that snow belt that actually comes down in that part of the state. And I've been through there, and it's it can get pretty wicked in the wintertime. That that is a beautiful part of the state, though. Having been through there in uh, of the summer, uh, it's been a while now since I've been through there. But there's a little sheets and Parsons. There's not much else. You just have the courthouse. It's nice. But I uh, went through there on the way to Kaiser uh, about seven years ago now, seven and a half years ago now. And um, really, it, it's just that, that to me is West Virginia. Yeah. The beauty of that, the mountains, the rugged terrain, the rural feeling, and yet you still have the small, tight-knit communities that are there. That, that to me embodies what this entire state is about, even though that's not what many parts of the state look like. Exactly. But, I mean, you know, you think of Blackwater Falls, you've got the ski resorts in the area. So, you know, it's a big tourism uh, area for the state of West Virginia as well. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, Blackwater Falls actually has the longest sled park in the East Coast. All right, there you go. I'm about to go check that out. Hey, <laughs> dropping knowledge from basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Uh, we're going to go step aside, take a break. We'll come back with hour three. We'll have a scoreboard update. We'll talk with Craig Dutton of WRRR in St. Mary's. We'll talk with Richard in Wheeling. And a little bit later on, our resident referee, Bo Anderson. That's hour two. Hour three coming up. Basketball Friday night, West Virginia. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. 
For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. We thank you for carrying Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Those affiliates include 103.7 Jack FM, WQWV, and Fisher. The Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM WKKX in Wheeling, 1370 AM WVLY Moundsville. Jackson County's home for Southern Gospel, Singing News Radio 92.5 FM, WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley. Knights Radio 91.5 FM, WRSG, Middleburn. Talk Radio WRNR, Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.7, 106.5 FM. Classic Hits 106 WHFI Linside, 106.7 FM. 95 The Sports Fox, WBES Charleston, 950 AM, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WVLW and Logan. Light Rock, 93R, WRRR, St. Mary's, 93.9 FM. The Ticket, 102.3 FM, WMTD and Hinton. 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQACLP Edmund Beckley and 101.7 FM WYAPLP in Clay and Marshall University's flagship station 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington. Many places to watch the video stream of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Network West Virginia, if you're a Sudden Link subscriber, we're on Network West Virginia statewide in Huntington. Comcast, Channel 25. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. Third and final hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling alongside Rick Marone, Joe Linville, 11 o'clock here on this January 5th, 2018. <laughs> yep, Coach, it's what January 5th. What day is a Coach? <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Uh, we just had a little bit of fun with Coach Marone there. Look, a coach's life is not easy. <laughs> You just go day by day, what am I doing tomorrow? Exactly. Uh, what am I doing exactly. today? And then I'll figure out tomorrow when it gets here. Do I need to get up early for tomorrow? That's yeah, about the yeah. extent of it. But um, nonetheless, let's uh, get another check of our Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Looking for scores, look no more. Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard update. First on the girls' side. Buffalo gets their second win in a row. The Lady Bison knock off Calvary Baptist 34-30. Sissonville 54, Nitro 37. Cardinal Conference matchup there, win for the Indians. Roan County, the Lady Raiders get a 59-53 win over Clay County. GW, a nice win over the defending AAA state champions of Huntington High. GW, 72, Huntington, 48. St. Albans Red Dragons, 59-35 winners over Hurricane. 
And in Class A, a big matchup tonight. Parkersburg Catholic remains undefeated. They knock off Williamstown in Williamstown, 83-66. Olivia Ullman led all scores with 25 in that one. That's a look at your girls' scores. In boys' basketball tonight, it was a Putnam County battle. It was a Cardinal Conference battle. It was a Class AA Region 4 <laughs> Section 1 battle. And it was won tonight by the Winfield Generals as they go to 6-1 and one with an impressive 60-45 to 45 victory over Polka. Maybe a little closer than what some would have expected as Polka's been struggling this year. The Dots are 1-7, and seven, losing once again in the Dot Dome. Also tonight, St. Joe at home defeats Tulsa 83-68. The Irish get the win. Ravenswood goes to 8-0. The Red Devils defeat Tyler Consolidated tonight by a final of 84-59. to Notre Dame is 5-1. The Irish defeat Trinity 77-65. Warriors have now lost two straight after winning their first six. Parkersburg South survived some bus trouble and a long trip across Route 50 and up 79 into Morgantown and knocks off the Mohegans 57-52. The final in that one, Parkersburg South now 6-1 on the year. Mingo Central picks up a 65-44 victory over Herbert Hoover tonight as the Miners take the show on the road and get the win in Elkview. After going to the state tournament a year ago, Herbert Hoover is now 0-7. Also tonight, Chapmanville Regional goes to 8-1. The Tigers pick up a 65-46 victory at the Willie Acres Arena at the Logan Fieldhouse in Logan over the Wildcats. 65-46 was the final in that one. And that is your Marshall University Sports Journalism Basketball Night.com scoreboard. I feel like we went too long. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but we're going to go to the phone lines here in just a moment. But, Coach, any of those scores stick out to you tonight? No, I, I think a, a huge win for Park South there. You mentioned a little adversity getting there, but uh, to go to Morgantown and get a win, nice win there. And you mentioned Polka kind of struggling along, uh, one and seven, but uh, still battling, competing hard. Fairly close game there. Uh, they fall short in that one. And then on the girls' side, I, the one that just leaps out at you is that Park Catholic to go into Williamstown. They're undefeated, but still people kind of trying to figure it out. The runner-up team in Williamstown, a tough tough team to, to take on, especially at home. So, nice win there for Park Catholic. And, Joe, before we go to John Blackmore here in just a moment, uh, quickly with you, uh, Winfield is now 6-1. and one, And that's a team that I, there was a little turmoil there in the offseason, uh, coaching change. And uh, those kids have been able to get through it very well to this point. Yeah, a lot of times, you know, when you have coaching changes, you'll have, you know, kids jump ship, jump schools and everything else. But, you know, they've come, you know, come on and uh, held that program together and, and they, you know, off to a good start. And, you know, even talking about Winfield, just that whole conference. I mean, look, how, look, how, look at all the schools in the Cardinal Conference. You know, that's just some tough schedules right there. And speaking of teams that have played tough schedules, um, and just good competition in general. We go to John Blackmore, WKKX Radio in Wheeling, to talk about the Cancer Research Classic. And, uh, John, that's a big event in Wheeling and one that um, has in the past drawn national attention. Um, that's, a, that's a very uh, important event as well. Yeah, the Cancer Research Classic uh, ranked number two in the country in, uh, in holiday events and uh, the second biggest in the country. Uh, next to the one that's held Heritage, I believe it's called, up in uh, UMass, where uh, they play at the Basketball Hall of Fame, the only one that's uh, ranked ahead of it this year. Great field. Um, seven of the top 16 teams in the USA Today polled this week, including number one, uh, Montverde. And uh, we finished the night tonight with uh, Finley Prep and First Love. And 
Finley Prep featured a seven foot three bull bull and seven foot three kid who was uh, committed to Arkansas as well. Uh, it's an amazing field. You had number one player in the country, R.J. Barrett, going to Duke. He put on a show tonight. It was a great night of basketball, but it gets unbelievable. It gets better tomorrow. Uh, the matchups tonight, um, La Loom and Imotep and uh, Montverde, Bishop Wood, Finley Prep, and First Love, uh, those, te- those teams will play each other tomorrow, and that will give us a matchup of uh, one versus nine and uh, with uh, La Loom and uh, – and Montverde, and we start tomorrow with Wheeling Central and Mars PA, and Mars is ranked third in the state of Pennsylvania. So good competition all the way around. I don't know how good our local team is going to do, but they're going to play hard, I'm sure. If anyone follows along with uh, high school basketball on a national level, um, ESPN features the, the Dick Sporting Goods uh, high school classic and where they basically crown a quote-unquote national champion. Uh, that's a tournament that is played late in the year. And quite frankly, John, yep. it's a lot of these teams that play in it. I will imagine we'll have six probably at the end of the year that played in this tournament that will be in the next final eight um, as we get towards the uh, beginning of March. And uh, one of those teams will be Montverde. I mean, they, their starting five goes from Duke to uh, Florida. Uh, you just name it. I mean, every kid here. West Virginia was here, Coach Larry, uh, watching a couple kids that are – um, you know, that have uh, offers from West Virginia as well. Uh, we'll see a lot of these teams playing there. Lil Loom was, you know, it was nice having uh, Paxton Wojcik. He got the MVP of the game. His dad, Doug Wojcik, uh, played at Wheeling Central, coached there under Dino Gaudio, went on to play at Navy with uh, with the Admiral, and uh, he got the MVP. So there's a little local connection. Uh, but these teams are, I mean, it's just, a, it's not high school basketball. It's college basketball. There'll be four guys that'll be picked number one in next year's draft, there's three guys that will be one of the number one picks. The rest will go in the top five. It's unbelievable. The dunks are crazy. Uh, the atmosphere, Wheeling Jesuit, completely packed. ESPN3 uh, broadcasting all the games on the Watch ESPN app. We're there doing all the radio. and um, Kids lining up, taking photographs. When you have three seven-footers on the court at the same time, I don't know if that's ever happened in the state of West Virginia, much less high school basketball in West Virginia. And you mentioned Bowl Bowl as the son of the late Minute Bowl. Um, yeah. yeah. Bowl Bowl seven three is actually four inches shorter than his dad, <laughs> who was seven seven, who was just a, uh, you know, was basically the first and quite frankly the only of, of his kind in the NBA in terms of a seven seven guy who later on in his career decided to shoot threes. But um you know he passed away unfortunately in two thousand ten. But um yeah Bol Bol is also one of the top recruits in the country. But uh John you mentioned tomorrow it, it starts bright and early. Ten ten AM with Mars, Pennsylvania and Wheeling Central. So uh local team and West Virginia team getting another opportunity to do something on, yeah, Mars PA ranked third in Pennsylvania might not be in the, the caliber of those prep schools that we've been talking about, but still uh, a team that is on a, you know, a, a respected program from uh, another area. Yeah, they went down. They're a 5A school, which puts them, uh, their, their enrollment's larger than Wheeling Park here locally. Wheeling Central, the only team to locally to win a game at the CRC uh, in the last 11 years. Uh, Mars features uh, Carmody Brothers um, and uh, the senior of the two. Uh, he's headed to Notre Dame. He's a commit, and he's uh, he's signed to play. He's really good. They're big. They're physical. Uh, they played in the city of Palms, and probably the city of Palms 
as far as tournaments go, is probably the best holiday tournament in the country. Played last weekend down in Florida. And uh, they lost both games close, one to a team in Hawaii and one to a team in Wisconsin. Both those teams ranked one in, in their states. Uh, it, it, look, Wheeling Central is going in as a big underdog, as everybody knows. Anytime they play somebody in this tournament, they are. Uh, but they'll compete. It'll, it'll be a good game. You can watch it on ESPN3. Or you can listen to it on the watchdognetwork.com. And Mars Area High School, their nickname is? They are the planet, which I think stinks because they should be the Martians. <laughs> yes. Thank you. The Mars Martians. You, you and I are on the same wavelength on that one. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, they should definitely be the Martians. They dropped the ball, if you will, on that. You cannot, you cannot miss an opportunity, and they certainly did. John Blackmore, WKKX Radio in Wheeling, the Cancer Research Classic going on uh, today and tomorrow. That should be a blast tomorrow. Thank you so much for joining us, and I know you're going to enjoy some uh, high-level We'll just call it basketball. We won't even call it high school. It's just basketball. <laughs> it's just basketball. And thanks to Doc Merrick and his staff. They they promote men's health. They promote men's health, and it's a big health fair as well. Doc Merrick, one of the premier cancer doctors in the country, and they do a great job. And thanks for having me on, guys. Hey, thanks so much again, John Blackmore, WKKX Radio in Wheeling. We'll go to Richard in Wheeling. He's been at that tournament in a moment. Um, actually, we'll go to him in, in a few moments. First, I want to go to Craig Dutton, WRRR in St. Mary's, and Craig, I, I come to you with a proposal tonight to rename your radio station. I, guess I say yours. I don't know if your boss would like that. But um, WRRR would perhaps be better known as BRRR tonight because it's really cold. That kind of throws out all the other uh, sports that we covered throughout the season in baseball and football, but... I think for the purposes tonight, it would make perfect sense. <laughs> you got to redo all the imaging for that one too, though. That's a lot of that's a lot of effort. Uh, It'd be funny. I don't know if Scott would like it too well. Uh, uh, Scott and Craft at our station, but uh, or Sam or Tom, our owners. But I think we can get away with it for a little while. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, a day or two anyway. It's got to get above freezing at some point, doesn't it? I mean, but uh, nonetheless, um, I'm hearing 50 degrees next Thursday. So, hey, I mean, at least in our area. you know what that means, right? <laughs> Downpour. Uh, flooding. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's what that means. That's a meteorological uh, unfortunate uh, <laughs> happening there. But um, tell me about some of the games that you've got to see this week or perhaps didn't get to see this week. I didn't get to see Williamstown uh, at St. Mary's tonight. And, of course, St. Mary's is in a very tough situation now on the boys' side. Um They've got some low numbers now on the varsity team. I think they only got active eight kids now on the roster for St. Mary's on varsity. And they're, they're down numbers, but they're at a point now where uh, it's just trying to build for the future. And I think Coach Barnhart knows that. Uh, they're trying to get the, the kids ready for that. And they were really humbled on Wednesday night when they hosted Ravenswood. Uh, so far to the season, that's the best team I've seen. Um, Whenever you see Mick Price constantly screaming or working the officials the entire game, I told myself, I said, that's a little scary because that means he's got a lot of trust in those kids. And I feel Ravenswood's a team that down the road this season, they're going to be, they're going to be in good shape. But you all talked with the, I heard the, talking with head coach from Tug Valley, you know, over the last few years, it's been region one in class single A. With teams like Magnolia, Wheeling Central, Cameron, Madonna. Uh, you could throw maybe St. Mary's sometimes into that, but they never could get past the Section 1 teams. Uh, 
they've been dominant for years trying to get a team down to Charleston. You even had sometimes a central Magnolia matchup for the state championship. I honestly feel you guys proved a good point there. That region four is really tough. Section one down to section two. That could be where a lot of good play, and I feel if you have a lot of good section play going into that regional, that's where it's at right now. But for us, I've been seeing uh, between Williamstown Catholic, I think Williamstown is getting better as the season goes on. I'm hoping to see that matchup, but they may not have that game until late in the season, maybe in that cushion area right before the sectional between St. Mary's and Williamstown. All that's going to be is for LKC placement at that point since it won't go towards a sectional. St. Mary's, again, you mentioned that that, uh, rough loss at home to Ravenswood, who is very good this year, um, then had a game with Williamstown postponed that had been scheduled for tonight. So uh, Tuesday with Ritchie County, then Friday with uh, Payton City, a home Tuesday, away Friday, and St. Mary's will be right back at it again next week. Ritchie County is going to be a little bit tougher, even though Ritchie's kind of going on a skid since they upset Tyler Consolidated a couple a little over a couple weeks ago. Um, Ritchie County still is a team to watch out for, and I, I feel they they may just have enough to get St. Mary's number, but that's going to be a good game on Tuesday. Now, Peyton City's been struggling this season. Of course, that's St. Mary's only victory you know, at home this season when they first started was over Peyton City. Now they got to go on the road and go to um, all Bob Burton Gymnasium there and try to defeat Peyton City. Uh, it's going to be a little bit tougher. I saw Peyton City when they took on Tyler, and I thought they were a little bit better in that game than they were versus St. Mary's. But St. Mary's were shooting lights out the night they first played Peyton City. I feel that section's still wide open. I know uh, tomorrow is a really good matchup in the Section 2, Region 1, Section 2. I know Ritchie County will be hosting Magnolia. That will tell you a little bit more about the girls' side of things, too. So, you know, Tyler falling to Ravenswood tonight, that hurt them a little bit, but they've been able to rebound easily throughout this season as a team. But I feel tomorrow, uh, Richie and Magnolia, that will be a great matchup. That that will uh, help determine a little bit more what's going on in the girls' side in our section. Craig Dutton, WRRR, perhaps BRR, 93 Light Rock, yeah. or the Frozen Rock, you could call it tonight <laughs> in St. Mary's. Thanks so much for joining us, Craig. Thank you, guys. Have a wonderful night. Keep warm. Absolutely. And Scott Northcraft, don't worry. That's We're not going to try to change your call letters on you. Right now, let's step aside and take a break. When we come back, we will finally let Richard and Wheeling on. He's been hanging with us. We appreciate it so much. He's been talking about the, uh, he'll talk about going to the Cancer Research Classic. We'll also have our resident referee, Bo Anderson, when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University, visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Does showing up for work at a ballpark or an arena sound good to you? A Marshall University sports journalism degree can get you there. 
sports journalism and Marshall is important. It's serious and it's big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable worldwide in a multi-billion dollar industry. We'll prepare you to think critically, report accurately, and artfully tell the stories on and off the field or court. If this sounds like you, the Marshall School of Journalism is ready and eager to start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Don't forget our poll question. You've got till 1145 tonight. The question this week, the National Federation of High Schools expanded the coach's box from 14 feet to 28 feet. Do you think this is a good move? Tell us yes or no. Go to basketballnight.com. Vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll question on the right-hand side of the page. You've got till 1145 tonight to vote. We'll share the results at the end of the show this evening. And we will reveal a new member of Basketball Friday Night in the studio when we do. Call us tonight. Toll free 855-784-6677. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. Welcome back to Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. 11-19 on the program as we keep moving right along toward the midnight hour as we bring you another edition of Basketball Friday night in West Virginia a busy Friday night for some folks, especially up in Wheeling with the Cancer Research Classic going on. Richard in Wheeling has been going to those basketball games. And uh, Richard, that's some high-quality, high-level basketball being played in Wheeling today and tomorrow. Yeah, it really is. But uh, you know what else I wanted to ask since I've been on hold? I heard you talking about, say, like Ritchie County and uh, Tucker County. It's, that interests me for a while because up here, just say like we have two teams up here, Wheeling Central and Wheeling Park, and we don't say them as Ohio County. They're, they have names. I just wonder why they have that uh, Ritchie County and t- why they're called counties instead of, or don't they have any uh, towns or anything that can be named after? Those are the only schools in the county, and both of those have been consolidated from smaller community schools over the years. So when they consolidated the schools together, um, there was Ellenboro, uh, which is where Ritchie County is, and then Parsons was uh, in Tucker County. And uh, when those schools consolidated with other schools, um, they just chose to go with the all-encompassing county school because, as I mentioned, they're the only high school within their county. Now that takes care of that. And just the other fast thing I want to say, because I don't know if you just have certain coaches calling in, because I haven't heard them. I just wonder, if, uh, say like Mel Stevens from Wheeling Central, or Penn Kirk, well, he's the men's basketball coach of Wheeling Central, or even Michael Jebbia from Wheeling Park, or Penn Kurtz from Wheeling Central. Do those coaches ever call in? Um, or you just have certain coaches? Uh, we, we've spoken with actually uh, all of those coaches over the course of uh, – 
basketball Friday night in West Virginia. We haven't spoken with them this year. Uh, we try to spread things out uh, throughout the state over the course of the season. And then when we get to tournament time, it, it tends to focus down on the, the schools that are still remaining. And uh, that's, that's when, when we've had a lot. We've had Mel Stevens on before and uh, Penn Kurtz when they were both making runs into Charleston. But um, that's been a situation where we just haven't spoken with them yet. It, it doesn't mean we won't, but we, we try to speak with uh, coaches from all across West Virginia. So uh, we just haven't, haven't got to them at this point. But, again, that doesn't mean it won't be next week or the week after. I can't tell you right now when it will be, but uh, there's a good chance that we'll be speaking with all of those coaches that you just mentioned over the course of this program. Okay, as far as the cancer research case, I heard Blackmore on there talking about it, and he's right in what he was saying. I'm not sure that that fits on here because, well, they are playing in West Virginia, but I guess what I wanted to find out about it, Huntington used to be a staple up there because this is the 11th annual and I've been to them. And I just, I don't know how that tournament works, but Huntington is always one of the biggest names in the the country as far as that goes. They weren't there. And I'm just wondering if you have any idea what this cancer research classic really is if you're familiar with it at all because now I know I heard John Blackmore talk about the uh, city of Palms and then he also said this is the second biggest tournament in the United States and it just interests me well Huntington why they work there or they just have an off season or and then they talked about travel teams I'm not sure exactly what that is but uh, what is Huntington are they just a regular team in Huntington or just why are they so, it sounds like they're a national team. I don't know how that exactly works. All right. Know? Yeah, yeah. First off, Huntington Prep, which is completely separate from Huntington High School, Huntington Prep is currently in the ARS Memphis Hoop Fest. So they're in Memphis, Tennessee right now, uh, just playing at a different event. Uh, second off, that is uh, kids from all across the country and several international kids as well. Um, they attend St. Joe High School, the private high school in Huntington, um, but they do not play for St. Joe. They play on a completely separate uh, entity known as Huntington Prep. It's confusing. I understand that it's confusing, but um, from a standpoint of the SSAC does not allow housing for students to go to a school, for example, and uh, these the young men at Huntington Prep are all with host families uh, in the Huntington area to attend St. Joe High School, but they wouldn't be eligible to play for St. Joe High School because of guardianship issues, things like that. So um, that's how that works. Huntington Prep is having a spectacular year. They're, uh, uh, once again, one of the top teams in the country. Um, you, you look back uh, recently at some of the guys who have played there, such as Miles Bridges, who was a consensus preseason All-American at Michigan State, basically led the college basketball preseason All-American team uh, this year. So they're still producing uh, a lot of good athletes and, and still putting players out there. You know, Andrew Wiggins, everybody knows that name uh, in the NBA with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, Josh Perkins, who is a starting point guard at Gonzaga, uh, started in the national championship game last year, uh, went to Huntington Prep as well. None of those kids are from the Huntington area, though. So that's just uh, kind of how that works. It's a little bit different. And when it comes to the Cancer Research Classic, when you're looking at schools like Montverde Academy, that's a national program in terms of they get kids from all across the country that come in there. Finley Prep has kids from all across the country as well. 
I'll be honest with you, I'm not a big fan of it because I think it cheapens the high school experience of growing up in a community and going to the school where you're from. Um, but at the same time, it is what it is, and that's just, quite frankly, what it is. Well, if it is what it is, and that's all that it is, as Pop, I would say, I guess that's it. But it just it just does. It's cancer research. Like I said, that, that doesn't even belong on a show like this, but it, because they do have these national teams, and uh, I don't know. I guess like, they just like Doc Blackwell thought about Doc Merrick. He organizes this, and he wanted it to be the number one high school basketball tournament in the in the country. And I guess it is number two. I'm not sure, but it's. Uh, I got my education that Huntington's not the regular. It's Huntington Prep, and it's uh, I learned about uh, Richie and Tyler County, so the wait was worth it. Hey, there you go. Hey, Richard, thanks so much for holding in there with us as well. And and I do want to say, Richard, Richard overtook Bo for the Ironman Award (laughs) for tonight, and um, and I greatly appreciate him hanging in there with us because. We knew he wanted to kind of talk about the Cancer Research Classic a, a bit because it, that he had gone there. As he mentioned, though, there were no West Virginia schools that played in that tonight. It's in West Virginia, so it's like it's worth a mention, but it's not really on our radar in terms of, right. of, of getting the scores and so forth for tonight. So I wanted to talk to John Blackmore first. <laughs> to set the stage. Right. right. So that, that, that's how that worked. I appreciate Richard uh, holding on for us there as well. We're going to step aside, take a break, come back. We will talk with our resident referee, Bo Anderson. And we'll also get our look at the very much hot off the press, entered in tonight, formulated tonight using an algorithm, the (laughs) West Virginia Power Ratings from BasketballNight.com. All of that when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia rolls on. You're on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Congratulations tonight to Sydney Nestor, Tucker County Mountain Lions. Sydney joins Jaden Lindsay, East Fairmont Bees, Jacob Clark, Riverside Warriors, Cole Honecker, Shady Springs Tigers. What they all have in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. If you've got somebody remarkable on your team, athlete that made an outstanding play, you can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a standout athlete of the week, and tonight we congratulate Sydney Nestor. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, and click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab. Fill out the nomination form. We'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at basketballnight.com. Don't forget to sign up for the Daily Hoops Roundup. It's part of basketballnight.com every day. We recap the day's scores just for you on all teams in West Virginia. Recent followers are tweeted midnight with a link to the Daily Hoops Roundup. You can visit basketballnight.com and just click on Daily Hoops Roundup for all the day's scores. 
We want you to become part of our score reporting crew, too, during the week. Send your scores to scores at basketballnight.com. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It is 11.30 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Joe Linville, Rick Marone is in studio with us tonight, but joining us right now is Marcus Constantino. At 11.30 every Friday night, we release the power ratings. We do it right here on basketball friday night it's fresh off the press and marcus before we turn you loose on this i do want you to give a brief explanation of why say martinsburg it's boys for instance are not rated despite their outstanding start to the season absolutely so we actually changed it up a little bit last year we only include games between wvssac teams Uh, so when someone plays ashland kentucky or graham virginia we're not actually calculating that into the power ratings because uh, we want this to be as much of a calculation of how teams are going to fare against other teams you know in the postseason in west virginia and uh so, you know, that's a, that's a better way of doing that, we thought. And you have to have at least two of those games played uh, between uh, a West Virginia team before you show up. So Martinsburg, you know, of course, they're a great team. They only have one game right now against the WVSSAC team. So Martinsburg and a few others are still not showing up in the power ratings as of this week. Just give it time. Yep, we just, we be. promise you. Just give it time; they'll be there. And, and quite frankly, we hold off on these power ratings to give those teams that are on their border schools time to play more West Virginia schools. But sometimes the weather doesn't cooperate, mm-hmm. so then you get stuck like now, where Martinsburg likely will be in it next week, one way or the other. Right, but they're not qualified yet, and it's just. They would have been this week mm-hmm. had not been for the weather. Yep, and it doesn't. That does not mean at all that the power rankings think they're terrible. <laughs> it it <laughs> just means that they don't have enough games yet to where we can really get an accurate read on them from the from the power ratings. So we wait until they have those two games. Um, you know, and and every week, you know, the more games that are played, the more games that we get uh, on the scoreboard. Uh, these get more and more accurate. You start seeing less dramatic moves. Um, you know, and they start to be a better indicator of where teams are later in the season. It turns out to be very accurate last postseason. I thought um, I thought that was kind of indicative of, uh, of maybe we found the right formula to plug in there because I know Marcus worked hard, hard on this, very hard to, to, to get this right, to do us the best as we possibly can. And uh, you got the uh, hot off the presses. Power ratings. I've got it. Cue the music, Luke. It's time for the BasketballNight.com power ratings. Starting in AAA, Parkersburg South boys are 6-1 at the number one spot. University up 1, 7-0 to number two. Woodrow drops 1 to the number three position. Huntington moves up one spot. They're four and two, and at number four, and Musselman moves up two to take the number five spot. 
On to AA boys, Fairmont Senior is at number one. Chapmanville at eight and one is at number two. Berkeley Springs, this is one of those teams that picked up that second uh, a second game against a WVSSAC opponent. They come in at number three this week. Bridgeport is five and zero oh, and at number four. And Oak Hill is at number five with also a five and zero oh record. And on to Single A. BasketballNight.com boys power ratings. Ravenswood is 8-0 at number one. Valley Fayette hanging on to the number two spot at 4-0. Wheeling Central Catholic has an 8-0 record at number three. Pocahontas County is number four moving up one. And Notre Dame also moves up one position to round out the top five. Moving on to the girls. BasketballNight.com power ratings. Buchanan Upshur at 8-1 is uh, still at the top of the AAA. Greenbrier East number two. Parkersburg with a 6-2 record is number three. Cabell Midland moves up one position. They're 7-2. The Knights are number four. And Morgantown moves up three spots. They're 7-2 and and at number 5. On to the girls' double A, the Wyoming East Warriors. They've got a really high rating. They're actually at 958 uh, on the power rating index. That's uh, uh, really far up there. They're number one. North Mary and a 6-1. and one. They move up one spot to take number two. Fairmont Senior Polar Bears are 9-1. and one. They fall down one spot. They're at number three. Winfield is 7-1. and one. And number four, Sissonville, 8-1 and one at number five. And in single A, girlsbasketballnight.com power ratings, Tucker County is 8-0 at number one. St. Joe, 6-2 is at number two. Parkersburg Catholic is 9-0. That's good for number three. Willing Central Catholic, the Maroon Knights are 11-1. They move up one spot to the number four. And Cameron is 10-1. They drop one spot to number five. That's the basketballnight.com power ratings. You can check for them here in just a few minutes. All the teams are at basketballnight.com. Always. Thank you very much, Marcus and Joe. Anything there that, that caught your attention as we're, you know, five weeks into the boys' season, six weeks into the girls' season now? Not, not really because, you know, as he explained, you know, there's a lot of those schools that's not showing up yet that, you know, have good records and they're, you know, these fans are going to go, where's my team? But like you said, it's only based on opponents in West Virginia. Well, we're going to make Marcus sit out here for just a second. And let's go to our resident referee, Bo Anderson, joins us now on the program. He has only held on for 40 minutes tonight. That's about the shortest of the season. Make it 41. Uh, trying to delay this as much as possible. Here we go. Bo Anderson, our resident referee, joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Good evening, Bo. Uh, hi, guys. Yeah, I didn't have to wait too long. I was at Gallifless, and I'm almost 90 now, so it's not too bad. Hey, Bo, this is Joe Lynn. Well, let's get right into it here, uh, talking uh, rules. What is the uh, the official, I mean, I guess what you're looking for on an over, over and back at midcourt? I saw one last night at a, a uh, Scott Wayne ladies game where a foot – actually went in the air over the line but did not touch in the backcourt, but the official called an over and back, and I was kind of surprised about that. Well, all right. You have you have first the person with the basketball that is not dribbling. Uh, the person with the basketball that is not dribbling can put a foot, have a foot in the backcourt or on the line, and be going back and forth between – front court and back court with the other foot. Uh, If they're pivoting, they can pivot. Now, 
If they've got the basketball with both feet in the front court, they can't touch the line or they're considered in the backcourt and that's a backcourt violation. Now, on a dribble, it's the ball in both feet into the front court. So if they're dribbling, they can have one foot in the backcourt, one in the front court, dribble the ball in the front court, change the ball in the backcourt, step back in the backcourt. It has to be the ball and both feet entirely in the front court in order to have a front court status. Now, the uh, next part of that is when you are in the front court with the basketball, we always use last touch, first touch. So if uh, a uh, player is dribbling the ball in their front court and the defensive team reaches and knocks the ball and hits it off the player who was dribbling its leg, arm, or some part of their body and goes into the backcourt, then that player that did it or his teammate gets it, that's a backcourt violation as well because the mere touching of the ball does not constitute a change of possession and team control. Therefore, that player that was dribbling was in the front court in control, last first last touched the ball in the front court, and first touched in the back court. Now, one more part of that, Joe, and that's on a throw-in. On a throw-in, a player who's throwing the ball in can throw it to a teammate, and that teammate may jump into the air in the back court, land in the front court, or jump in the air in the front court, and land in the back court legally on a throw-in. The first player only to catch or touch the basketball can do that on a throw-in. I'm more confused than ever. Hey, <laughs> no, I'm not. No, no, I appreciate that. Bo always uh, is able to break these down for us, and, and we, we greatly appreciate it. Something that um, I don't know that I've seen it this year. We've talked about it in the past, but I also know that our, our, our audience changes over time, too. So uh, perhaps uh, this would be something that would be a little bit lesser known. Um, an on-the-spot throw-in. And uh, I believe, and, and this is where I'm going to ask you, because I, correct me if I'm wrong, but a uh, player actually has about a three-foot radius to move in. Is that correct? Okay, on a spot throw-in, there's no depth limitation. So they can drop straight back like a quarterback as far as they can go. The only requirement on a spot throw-in, the dribble rule and traveling rule are not in effect on a spot throw-in. Therefore, on that spot, as long as they have one foot on or over that three-foot designated area, they can jump up and down. They can dribble the ball out of bounds. They can they can step one side, pass it, step the other. As long as a foot stays on within that three-foot designated spot area, they can do whatever they want. They can drop back like a quarterback, throw on a touchdown pass. 10 feet if they want to. There's no traveling rule for all those fans that think it is. And I had this the other night, uh, actually, Ryan, where somebody was moving both feet and some, um, I don't know how you call them, I guess a fans rules knowledge person on page 1200 thinks that's traveling. You cannot travel with the basketball on a throw-in. You cannot travel on a designated spot. You do not have a pivot foot. And the dribbling traveling rules are not in effect. 
So there you go. You just have a little three-footer. You know, I, I'm, I'm waiting on Coach Marone to have his Lady Rebels just go crazy one night and, and do all the little uh, nuances of the rule just to see what they can get away with. Uh, Coach Marone, anything that's, that's crossed your brain? No, the, I'm, I'm just still digesting the uh, over and back and then also, uh, you know, the uh, sliding rule that we clarified last week. Uh, we've been practicing that in practice, and we now have our Superman slide down pat, and we're going from end to end now. L- length of the Yes, <laughs> you're doing the old you're doing the old uh, back when i played the drill where they threw the ball before and you dived on the floor after that's right. right slide on down <laughs> uh, absolutely and, and, and bo I'll, I'll ask you this question too um and this is one that I, I know that you're familiar with because uh it was how things were in wayne county when i grew up and, and i know that you're going to be familiar with this too some of the rubber floors are so slick and they're not as bad now but when when i was going to, i mean we had officials wiping out trying to stop and make cuts how forgiving are are you of a player on that type of a f- surface when you know it's like a skating rink uh in terms of being able to properly come to a jump stop knowing that there's a good chance they're going to slide about a you know six to eight inches anyway well, that was, you know, I haven't done games on that court in years. And last time I did, Ryan, when I did one on that court when I first started, uh, you guys all know me. It, it would be impossible for me to do a split, and I actually did one. <laughs> and, and, then, and then I actually went to change directions, and I looked up, and I was looking at both of my feet in the air while I was landing <laughs> on my backside. So if, if an official cannot control it, it's sure going to be tough for the players, too. And, boy, you just have to, you know, that's where uh, my word uh, that I use when I'm teaching the officials class, me and my partner teach the class together, common sense. Common sense says that they actually travel, or was it the ice skating that, that caused it to, to happen? Because it was really tough. Most of those uh, floors are gone now, but it made it very tough on that. And definitely... When you dove after a loose ball, you could legitimately slide from one to the other, but you may not have any skin left by the time you got done. I remember taking a charge at the old Wayne Middle School gym. It's not the old gym, same gym, but I think it's a tartan surface is what they mm-hmm. called it. And uh, I think I was about the free throw line. I ended up <laughs> under the basket, and I was not trying to embellish that one bit. So that's how it happened. But um, And I saw people go into the wall before <laughs> doing the same thing. But, uh, Bo, we greatly appreciate you uh, clarifying for us and always joining us and always willing to answer some sometimes tough questions. Well, you know, that's, that's part of my job, just like it is when I'm out there on the floor. You know, uh, you know again, uh, the uh, designated spot, uh, that's one where everybody's always yelling. Uh, the player diving after the loose ball and sliding several feet, you know, they don't have brakes. Uh, they can't stop. And it becomes, when you think about it, some of those things become like common sense. It's not a player that's standing up with the ball and then falls down with it and travels, or a player who goes to one knee or is on knees and tries to get up, uh, you know, that's a different story. But a player, you know, diving after loose ball doesn't have breaks. And uh, on a designated spot, it's a matter of, you know, really you got to have the rules knowledge and know the rules. And, you know, again, you know, we have uh, – you're always going to face new officials or officials that are not, you know, haven't been in it for very much time. And sometimes those things they may call that they shouldn't. 
and that's part of the process of learning for officials, just like coaches and players learn as well. So we just have to, uh, you know, try to teach the game the best we can and uh, and move on whenever things happen. Bo Anderson, our resident referee, we always appreciate his insight into the game. We'll step aside our final break. We'll come back with our poll question. We'll also have our final look at the scoreboard and cause time as we wrap things up on another edition of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on stations like 103.7, Jack FM, WQWV in Fisher, The Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM, WKKX in Wheeling, 1370 AM, WVLY in Moundsville, Jackson County's home for Southern Gospel, Singing News Radio, 92.5 FM, WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG in Middleburn, Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.5 FM, Classic Hits, 106, WHFI, Linside, 106.7 FM, 95, The Sports Fox, WES in Charleston, 950 AM, 101.9 FM, 1290 AM, WVOW in Logan, Light Rock, 93R, WRRR St. Mary's, 93.9 FM, also known as The Burr. The Ticket, 102.3 FM, WMTD in Henton, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZLP, Edmund, Beckley, 101.7 FM, WYAPLP in Clay, and Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. Special thanks also to Sudden Links Network West Virginia for carrying basketball Friday night in West Virginia statewide. You can also watch on Comcast, Channel 25 in the Huntington region. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It's 11.48 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Joe Linville, here with you along with Rick Marone. He is also in studio. Jordan Mounts with us now, though, as we get to our poll question this week. Yeah, you know, uh, Ryan, the, uh, the poll question that we ask everybody out there to vote on this week uh, the NFHS uh, expanded the coaches' box from 14 feet to 28 feet. Do you think this is a good idea? We had 17 people go into the website and vote on this poll. Of those 17 people, 82% said yes, 18% said no. All right, so uh, people like the expanded coaches' box. So the poll question for this week. All right, the poll question for this week. Should West Virginia adopt a statewide no school, no practice, no play policy or should it be left to the agent, to the individual counties to decide a policy of their own? You can go to basketballnight.com to vote on that. Polls will be open until 1145 
next Friday night. Jordan, thanks so much. Thank you very much. All right. Let's get another check of our Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. And first of all, let's take a look uh, quickly at the boys. Uh, they... There they again, running behind, guys. All right, quickly, Buffalo over Calvary Baptist, 34-30. It was Sissonville over Nitro, 54-37. Ripley picked up a win tonight over Capital, 56-10. It was Roan County over Clay County, 59-53. George Washington, the Patriots, over uh, Huntington, 72-48. It was the Hurricane Redskins falling to St. Albans tonight, uh, 59-35. And it was Parkersburg Cat. Like the Crusaders over Williamstown, 83-66. Boys, excuse me, girls scores tonight. It was Buffalo defeating Calvary Baptist, 34-30. It was Sissonville going to 8-1 with a Cardinal Conference home victory over Nitro, 54-37. Ripley defeats Capital tonight, 56-10. It was Roan County over Clay County, 59-53. A barn burner there tonight in Spencer, also tonight. George Washington defeats Huntington 72-48. St. Albans picks up a 59-35 home victory over Hurricane and Parkersburg Catholic gets 31 or excuse me 25 points from Olivia Allman and a an 83-66 victory over the Williamstown Yellow Jackets. That is a check of your Marshall University Sports Journalism basketballnight.com scoreboard. So we've come to that time again. <laughs> 10 minutes or so left in the program. More than 30 seconds. I'm afraid what we're going to hear when we end this year. It is cause time here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal joins us now. So I love the music. I love it. We knew you would. <laughs> Uh, and, and, the, and, and, the, and the kids listening at home in their nice warm homes are probably thinking, what the heck kind of music is that? <laughs> Let me say that one of the things that I do in my day-to-day job, and I won't get too far into it here, but um, I like to put little subtle things where only our the people within the office will see it. it it's nothing bad, obviously. It, 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 and I actually, when we were having our morning reporter outside, doing live shots, I put little, like, phrases from that song and just scattered them throughout, and no one picked up on it. (laughs) It was so disappointing. It made me feel old. Well, I'll make you feel young then. (laughs) I I, I have, what, 30 years on you? Uh, Give or take, yeah. Um but, uh, yeah, well, let, let's go with that. I feel younger already. All right. Uh, so, uh, Rick. I think there, there, isn't there some kind of song I is Ah, geez, it's not coming to me. It was starting to come to me, but it just disappeared. Uh, anyway, okay, we'll just, uh, we'll just skip over that. See, I understand. I, but anyway, I am so old. I am so old that I remember when there was no such thing in high school basketball as a coaching box. Coaches used to have to sit, sit on the, the whole game. <laughs> I remember seeing some coaches. Uh, one coach, and this was up in Pennsylvania, had a ready-made, well, not ready-made, they, they, they kind of uh, uh, fabricated a chair, special chair, 
which had a seat belt on it to keep the coach in his chair. And I remember another one where a little a coach who was uh, you know kind of animated at times, okay, all the time, <laughs> wanted to get up basically any time anything happened. She had a manager assigned to grab her shoulders and keep her on the bench. So anytime she started to rise up, the the, the manager, the student manager, was behind her, grabbed her shoulders and shoved her back down. Now they call him the get back the coach get back in football. Coach. Yeah. That, <laughs> but, uh, Rick, uh, you were supposed to have a big game tonight, but apparently it was too cold to play. <laughs> well, I don't know. Well, it was, it was uh, apparently too cold to go to school today in Berkeley County. And in Berkeley County, when uh, there's no school, then there is no play. Uh, I think that uh, is a rule that's been in effect for maybe a dozen years or so. Uh, there was a time when sometimes there was some leeway there where if, say, uh, you know, and I recall this from, like I said, I'm not sure how long ago, but one time there was a, a snowfall of about eight inches on a Friday when Martinsburg was scheduled to go to Hedgesville. And they postponed school, and it got up to about 53 degrees that day, and everything <laughs> melted. And so they decided to have the game. Now, granted, I was delighted to be at the game, happy to be at the game, rather than sitting in the office uh, twiddling my thumbs, which I kind of did tonight, or trying to make up news to put in the newspaper. (laughs) Got to fill that slot. (laughs) Uh, I was was trying to fill some holes tonight. (laughs) But I I wondered if that was, uh, wondered what kind of impression that made, whether it was you know, are we putting basketball and sports ahead of education? And I asked the uh, school board president about that that night. And I don't think he liked my question. But somewhere along the line after that, uh, they put into place a rule where if you have no school, then there's no play. I don't have a problem with that. Because I think sometimes... Uh, you know, and there are certainly extenuating circumstances where things can change, but I think sometimes when that happens, you give the impression that education is not as important as, as sports. And sports are it's an extracurricular activity and is part of the whole educational process. But sometimes it almost makes it look like, okay, well, you know, we can, we'll worry about sports more so than we will about teaching our young young children young kids uh, okay i'll step i'll step down from my soapbox <laughs> i i i mean honestly i i feel that there are perfectly valid arguments on each side of, of that i don't have like i don't feel so strongly one way or the other that i'm just going to you know anything that comes from anybody else that doesn't agree with what i think is wrong i don't think that at all actually um i think you bring up a very solid point almost makes me wonder if we shouldn't do a noon to six type school day if necessary on a day where it's going to be different you know we're you know 
But then it will be dark it. when you go home. <laughs> well, it's dark when you get <laughs> yeah, on the no, bus right now. But no, you're right. What, weather weather can change. Although, you know, I wish it would change right now because I'm, like, not real happy with this, uh, this, this frigid temperatures. But anyway, I mean, like, next week it's supposed to get into the 30s. I'll be out sunbathing, right? <laughs> hey, we've, we've been joking here that uh, – because I don't remember the last time it was above freezing. Um, <laughs> there is snow on the ground, and, and this is nothing uncommon for especially people in the northern panhandle or eastern panhandle of West Virginia, but or in the, the highlands areas, the, the mountainous areas. But, I mean, in Huntington, which is, you know, sea level, so to speak, uh, right next to <laughs> the Ohio River, um, I mean, it hasn't really snowed here in probably a week and a half, and that snow is still on the ground. Uh, it's, mm. just, it's just bizarre from that standpoint. But Well, we've gotten, we've gotten about a half inch of snow all winter, and it was gone later that day. Yeah. It's so. supposed to be up to almost 60 this coming Thursday. Yeah, which means it will rain. <laughs> melt and but, rain. But I, I've parked in the same snowbank now for a week <laughs> and a half at work, and uh, just on street parking. But, uh, Rick, we're almost to the end of the show, as uh, we tend to, to do around here. We kind of wandered off a little bit. Tomorrow, Martinsburg-Hedgesville. That is the game in the Eastern Panhandle of the year at this point. Uh, the only game. <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> yeah um i'm looking forward to it obviously i'm like i said disappointed that i wasn't able to go there and watch it and cover it tonight uh but uh i, I wonder you know what the effect uh of one day of not practicing at least they weren't supposed to be practicing today uh will will do to the game but uh yeah i think uh, uh with the way the weather has been this week that uh that's going to be a very tough ticket tomorrow, and I suspect that uh, the gym will be very warm because they're going to pack so many body, so many bodies in there that. Uh, <laughs> hey, we got to go, cause we got to go. Five seconds here. Happy birthday, Jordan! Is the twenty third. Good night. Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the Mountain State. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved.